Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ryback Show. I am your host, the big guy, Ryback. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Streaming live Instagram, the big guy, Ryback22. Guys, we've got IG threads now, giving Twitter some stiff competition uh, with everything. Guys, that the stream will only be going for a portion of time, and then I'm going to be stopping it abruptly at some point where I feel necessary to try to get you to come on over to Ryback at Twitter Spaces at Ryback. Guys, uh, greatly appreciate all the subscribers we have on Twitter. Continues to grow. I follow back everybody who does subscribe to me here on Twitter. Not necessary to be a part of this show, guys. But we are now, this is the People's Podcast, where you guys have a voice just like everybody else coming on here. We we don't pick and filter through. I, I, I go at random. Once I know who you are, though, obviously, I let you on. But I let people on at random. Anyone has an opportunity to come on this show. The most fair podcast in the world, whether it's the dirt sheets that publish their bullshit and lies or somebody who said another lie or something wrong and they want to come on and try to clarify. They have everyone has the opportunity. People that have been blocked have been unblocked. They go, hey, you want to come on? Come on. Come on the Ryback show. So we'll see who shows up with everything, with all of that. Thank you to everybody here on Ryback TV. The ebb and flow of the show goes where your questions go. Super chats are greatly appreciated and brought up in between taking callers here as well. Health, fitness, supplementation, pro wrestling, sports, and anything and everything in between. We are streaming on Facebook at Ryback Reads and Twitch at Ryback Rules. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. iTunes reviews are greatly appreciated. If you like this show, this show brings you some sort of value or entertainment. Please go to iTunes, leave a star rating, and write a review if you could, please. It greatly helps the cause. This show is brought to you by Feed Me More Nutrition, my premium supplement line sweetened with stevia and monk fruit. No harmful artificial sweeteners or colors like those other guys. Vegan friendly for all people. Men and women don't have to be a vegan to take them. We just use better quality ingredients. Formula is five to six times more expensive than the majority of our competitors out there, guys. It works. It does exactly what the label said. Said and says. Botch. Does exactly what the label says. 
New customers can save 30% discount code Ryback30. Returning customers can save 20% discount code FeedMe20. And you get a free Feed Me More Nutrition Black Shaker bottle with all orders right now as a compliment from the big guy Ryback trademark. My gift to you for buying the best supplements or all the Ryback merch we have available, the drinkware, the accessories, the workout accessories, guys. FeedMeMore.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get going, get into today's show. I sent an invite to Blue Kane. I don't know if he's gonna is he gonna show up. Blue Kane is is taking the the the, the world by storm. I, I saw I go I, I saw a thing the other day of Blue Kane and a video and, and of Blue Kane and coming out to a remix of the the blue song that I, by the way loved and still do to this day do love and uh, and saw part of a match with him. That saw Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona. The Deathmatch King, Indie God, Matt Cardona, uh, says he wants a match with, with Blue Kane. And then, then I put out a thing here earlier. I want a shell shock Blue Kane, in which Blue Kane, I think, replied that he wants to wrestle Red Ryback. So then uh, I put a video of me with my red shirt eating eating the chips because that's the only the closest thing to Red Ryback that I could think of. Um, but I, I would like to get Blue Kane on here and just, just to get some some insight on what inspired. Obviously, we know what inspired the Blue Kane character, but why Blue? Why, why, why blue? Why not green cane? Why not orange cane? Why not black cane? But blue cane, and uh, a very, very interesting, interesting character on the indie scene, and, and get a little more info behind the man playing blue cane. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we got we've got IG threads going now. We've got another social media platform for us to all waste our time with, and uh, and then to just literally. Uh, it is Th- this rivalry, this billion billionaire rivalry going on in our world. What a what a shit show with everything. Twitter suing IG, this and that. Twitter Twitter's still suppressing content illegally. They've got restrictive coding. Elon doesn't know what the fuck to do about with all of this. They they have no uh, no customer service, no customer support. It is it is an absolute mess with all of this. And uh, and and so Zuckerberg and and I have no love for them by the way ig though is showing my content more than they ever have the last seven years randomly the last like four or five months they started through not not even that much sorry last few months with that where i went from getting like 150,000 views to per month to i had my first viral post in seven years going to the millions um in which i got up to like 12 million views one month and uh now i'm sitting here at four or five million i haven't been posting as much uh funny content because twit tiktok is not is is they're giving out strikes now as well and i like i they they i essentially you got to be careful because they'll try to ban your account if you get like three strikes in a 90-day period and uh so i'm just being very cautious because they hit me with and there's no rhyme or reason on comedy posts or something and like with rhyme like harassment or bowling like the stupid those stupid videos were always my bread and butter i eventually had to quit saying stupid and then they 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 will hit the majority of those with harassment and bullying. So I really, very rarely, I'll put one out if I think I can get away with it and I don't have a strike like where it's going to put me over and uh, and to see if I can get it. Nothing goes viral anymore there. I've been completely eliminated. I've lost followers for three months straight after all this time. And uh, it, it's, it, it's essentially what's going on on Twitter. With that. I went from being the most viewed wrestler on TikTok behind the rock way ahead of everybody to being completely shut down like completely so that's uh that that's that's what what do you do 
what do you do other than they got to just keep moving forward and trying to to hustle and uh, try to get eventually the stuff want to go there. Not going anywhere to this chase situation is is dealt with. There's a lot going on with that. Uh, there's stuff I can't I can't talk about specifically today. Um, I, I, I hopefully by Monday we'll have a very good update for you guys on everything. Um, he's he's I know he's running those other accounts I told you guys on on Twitter. He is. This is confirmed already by the people. We have other people working on this as well. He is Layla Kent and he is the Jordan Garcia, which is hysterical watching him pretend that he's not, which just shows you how batshit crazy and what a fucking loser this guy is. Um, and he's obsessed over everything, following everything still. And uh, he, he's he's I've, he's the dumbest motherfucker I have ever, ever come across in my entire life. And the fact that he, he thinks he's such a genius that he used he used his middle name and his first half of his last name in trying to cover his identity. Like, you stupid, fucking pathetic loser. <laughs> um, but everything's going forward. We're going to get him. It's just that everything, there's a process. He does not think he wants me to show proof that he is Chase, that he's not who he says. But so I could tell you, here, here's the first little bit of proof on Jordan Garcia's account, other than the 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 things that are going to happen but but jordan garcia we got him reported if he continues to harass on that account they're going to shut the account down which you've noticed he stopped the harassing he'll just retweet but he went over to the layla ken account so we just got to, that's why i told you guys go get that account shut down he's gonna they're gonna shut that down he'll have to delete all the tweets if he continues to harass on that account they're going to delete that account too so we're just essentially making his life more difficult until the inevitable is going to happen he is going to be arrested and he's going to get prosecuted on federal charges. He's going to get arrested on state charges first, though, with everything. And it's just a process of, of letting everything work itself out. And um, he is the scum of the earth. And we are going to we are going to get him. And we have we have a lot of people working on this. And unfortunately, Twitter, I will say the information he, he's been notified of the subpoena by the FBI from Twitter. And Twitter has a stupid fucking policy just so you guys are all aware of Elon and what these stupid fucking rules they have that protect pieces of shit like Chase, that they give him, they're giving him a week before they take a week of taking already nine days to give us to reply to the subpoena. We then have to wait another week from when Chase was notified of the subpoena. And he could dispute that, but regardless of his dispute, which doesn't matter, we get the information, which we should have it Tuesday or Wednesday. Like you, you make it make sense. But luckily, we have great people working on this that have already confirmed he's behind thousands of accounts. They've got him on like they've got a hundred and something just here recently of that, but dating back like six years to thousands of accounts. So take into account this has been going on twelve years, pretty much, and not not counting the YouTube subpoena that's going through, and we'll have to wait for all that. But that's all going to get just added in. The Twitter is going to give everything we need for the green light with everything, and uh, but. It is. It's just truly, truly frustrating, and uh, we'll just have to to wait and see. But he's he's going down with it. And he he wants proof so bad. That's his big thing. Show proof. Show proof of this. Show proof of that, brother. You're gonna get your fucking proof very, very, very soon. I promise you. To why you don't think you're you're gonna? You think I would waste my fucking time on a loser like you and not have it pay off? You're out of your fucking mind. You think I'm going to let you come on my show and say the shit that you said, and I'm not going to turn that negative into a huge positive and make money off you for my supplements? You're out of your fucking mind with it. You can say whatever you want to say. Everybody can see what you, who you are. You're a fucking loser. You're an absolute loser who threw his life away with everything. They have zero fear of you with any of it. 
I know you are a coward. I know that you're a pussy. I know that you're not capable of doing anything. You're pretending to be fucking women on Twitter. Like, what a pathetic piece of shit you are. But yeah, we're going to get you. You want your proof, you're going to get it. And then you're going to want more proof, and you're going to want more proof, and you're probably going to want more proof when you're behind those prison walls getting fucked by Big Bubba in your cell, whoever it is you're sharing your cell with being the little bitch that you are. Huh? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? 12 years, you're just an obsessed, obsessed Mark loser with everything. By the way, and Chase, because I know you're watching, you watch every show in great detail. Chase has a real, Chase is infatuated with the fact that he, he can't understand that people have good and bad interactions with people. And, and I put up the thing, guys, yesterday with Sportster. I want to talk about this before we take the calls today. So Sportster was one of the main publications. They are partners with WWE. They are one of the publications that are partners with WWE and all this. They were the one that me and the attorney, we had to take down 15 or 20 articles when I first left WWE. They were the main publication putting out all these negative things on me. We got them taken down. I realized they they weren't going to stop. They over they just kept trickling them out and taking shots here and there. And I, I was looking for an image of, of me and, and Cena for the for the podcast um, to do a thing with Chase for, for the graphic. And uh, that article popped up and it was in January. I go, oh, they wrote another one. I click on it. First thing, why Ryback hates John Cena. And it, and it has, and I put it on, on Twitter for you guys to see. It goes, Ryback, uh, it was Ryback. I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it was negative. Ryback either hates or hates almost everyone that he's ever worked with. And then I just go, it was Ryback, I think, hates almost everyone he's ever worked with. But something on me hating John the most or something, just completely fabricated. But this is what I was telling you with that with that crackside news and, and all the, the boozed fucking bozo guy with everything that they they'll take a snippet of something and Chase hates that word snippet. They'll snippet, 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 Chase, and they'll take something and then they'll put a negative opinion or a lie right up on that because most people just read the negative headline and then the first paragraph. And so these are the ways I'm trying to educate you guys so you guys can see this when it's happening. So many people are not aware. I've been aware from day one and trying to tell people, but I go of the best, the more examples I can give you guys, the better you could see. So if you've ever heard this podcast, I talk well about John all the time, how I learned a lot from him, how we had a few disagreements on, on a few things. And, and I told a few different stories. I told a lot of good things. Said it, he's been one of the most influential ones on, on me having a very positive experience learning from in the ring as well, just from working with him. With that. But they don't take all of that stuff. They take just a little snippet of, of one of the things then they put that, they, they preface it with that, that lie up front. So if you ever heard me, I, I talk well about everyone I've ever worked with, even the guys that like, like, like with uh, the issues with Mark and, and, and punk, I still talk well about different things on that, but we just had a few things. And then Mark was more recent, but with punk and I talk about good things with him and wrestling still. And if you listen to this show, you know, this with this. Okay. But they, they take that and then put that lie that Ryback hates almost everyone that he's ever worked with. No, I don't. That's a flat out lie. That's straight up slander. But this is what they're doing to get people to hate me. And they're partners with WWE. That is, this has been going on now for over seven years. So all the, everybody reading you guys, well, who's going to fall for that? You'd be amazed how many people aren't even aware. And they see that and they just see me with a negative thing and they go, oh, Ryback again. Oh, right. So they start associating, even just if they don't realize it subconsciously, they start associating Ryback with negativity if they don't follow. Whether if you follow, you know it's the complete opposite with it. 
I'll give my honest opinion on things, but I'm an extremely positive person on it. But they take a little thing, they then preface it with a lie, or they'll put a negative opinion to make that article just seem very negative in general on something that isn't with it. And then they go on to their bullshit, right, with it. But so, so Chase is obsessed with like these things like that. And he's like, why back said that? And that he, 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 he says, talks good about John one minute. And then he, he, he goes and he does the, 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 the rap that I did with, with the wake up unlimited energy. So Chase, let me explain this to your pathetic, sorry, Mark ass. That's called a promo. It's, that is a, now granted, it's not in a wrestling ring. That is a promo of John Cena playing a rapping character and me doing a promotional for product, uh, deal for my feed me more nutrition with it where i go oh i can make a quick little rap and counter him where i'm doing a little rap gimmick that's called a promo though Trish. it's called working and you get all worked up over the work because you're a fucking mark okay a mark that can't shoot by the way you're just a pathetic sorry ass little fucking wannabe little mma mark and you you your little fucking dwarf mind can't can't comprehend what's going on whereas other people can enjoy the value of the entertainment it's called a promo, though, Chase. Okay, and you, but you, you can't gather all this information because you don't have. You come from two dumb fucks, whoever, right? Not counting your stepdad that you failed and let down, that you never became a WWE wrestler, just a failed human being obsessing about Ryback of all things. Not obsessing about a hot chick or anything. You're obsessing about Ryback. Let that think in, sink in, you little fucking clown. You're obsessing over Ryback. Like God, you and Steve, fucking from Bozo News, boozed. Bozo news, like, God damn, get a life, move on, go find another wife, Chase. I know the other one left you, your sorry, pathetic ass. It's probably because you're pretending to be fucking women online. Have you ever given any thought to that? What kind of woman wants you? You're just sitting in your room all day fucking tweeting everybody, DMing everybody that follows me, every fucking ass kisses, pretending to be a woman wearing a little fucking wig, drinking your Bud Light from your shit little fucking Alabama home. You fucking inbred fuck. God damn. Just what a loser. All right, let's get on to the show. I like to just get that because he watches every show, guys. I like to get that. I like to try to inspire him to come on in. He's a little bitch, though. He doesn't have the balls to come back in. What, Chase? What, you want your proof? Come back into the show, Chase. What are you afraid of? Take, put your wig on, or take your wig off, I should say, and then go back into crazy feeding, feeding time, chase mode with everything. Layla or Jordan, Latina. You got to make sure you put that in your profile. Jordan Jordan Garcia, Latina from Detroit. No, it's a fucking VPN, you fucking loser. And we're fucking, we've got people tracking you. Every fucking move that you make, every post that you make, you can delete it all day long. We are tracking you. Everything is going to be used against you. So save those fucking wigs so you can put them on in court when I got to come testify. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, that looks like Jordan Garcia. <sighs> but I want to let you guys know, though, everything. And Chase is the kind of retard that, like, in, in that, that obsesses over these places like Ringside News and the Sportster. They, they, these influence pieces of shit like that. Okay. So you've got to just fucking, and that's, I shouldn't use the R word with that because those people are the sweetest, kindest people on the world. And people like Chase and the Steve fucking drunken old crow's nest fucking drinking, ugh, just fucking drunk tard. That's what he, they're drunk tarts. Like I shouldn't compare them because they're the sweetest people in the world and they're, they, they don't have a, a harmful bone in their body. But it's like, I tell you guys, it's like, it's like the gremlins. It's like, you know, Mogwai. 
gizmos, the mogwai, but they're these people like this are the, the evil little gremlins and they just put water on them and they fucking reproduce because their stupid fucking parents wanted to have sex and have kids. And here we are, we're left to deal with their stupid bullshit, but Chase is going to be one that we're not going to have to deal with for much longer. And Chase, if they come a knocking, they come a knocking, Chase, don't, don't put up any resistance. I know you get upset too when I go, I hope you get help. And, you know, and I do, I hope you do get help if, they, if you do happen to make it to that point and get, I hope you get life in prison. And I, but I hope in that time you fucking find something. I don't think there's anything that could fix your, your, your absolutely goddamn stupid fucking brain. I think it's a lost cause personally, but I hope you get the help in there somewhere. You know, you know, they fuck some sense into you somehow with their night sticks or the, the, the guys that you become a bitch to in there, because that, it's going to happen. There's no doubt that there's, and I'm going to make sure that, that there's some Ryback fans in there and, we get that Ryback gang to take care of you one way or the other. <laughs> Everybody loves the big guy. You're going to find that out, Chase. Even though you you don't. Well, actually, you do, Chase. You're obsessed like Steve. That's what Steve actually ringside news. He actually loves me. This is the Chase. They love me, which Chase, that's why he shaved his head balls. I'm pretty sure Steve shaved his head bald, too. They've got this infatuation. They want to be me so bad. They want to be buddies. It's like the Chip Douglas cable guy. They just want a fucking best friend so bad. And then I just go, no, 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 bro. You're fucking stupid. Stay the fuck out of my life. And then you're like, I'm going to kill you. And you've obsessed about me, wasted your whole fucking life. Just go find a new best friend. Go watch another wrestler. Like, go fucking follow John Cena and see if John talks to you and hangs out. Maybe you and John, maybe John can get you on the Fast and Furious movie. You could be like a little extra that gets run over in the first fucking five minutes of the movie. I don't know. You could maybe wear, be a prostitute, be a tranny prostitute, and wearing a fucking wig. You like to dress up on fucking Twitter, and pretend you're a goddamn fucking woman with your fucking little acne, fucking scarred face, and your shit little fucking drizzled cat fucking fur fucking goatee. Like, go, go, fucking try that. Maybe something catch your big break. Maybe Batista will let you be a fucking raccoon in one of the Guardian of the Galaxy movies or something. I don't know. But you're obsessing over me just every little move. You want to prove to people I'm such a horrible, bad person on everything. And you're hell-bent on, like, like, it's all for nothing. All for nothing. Your life is gone. But here we are. <clears throat> yeah, you get to run over. <laughs> you can play a piece of shit. They'll literally dress you as a piece of shit for one of the movies. Just on the side, you're just a big, fat pile of steaming shit. You keep it real to life. Super chat here. Then we'll take some calls on the Ryback show. Uh, the dude at 087. Thank you very much. Hey, Ryback. So I was wondering if you would be interested or if you thought about doing one last interview with Chase, but this time it's going to be live from jail. Maybe have Dolph with you. <laughs> yeah, I would have to see if the, uh, the, the, if what the rules are for that, for that prison, if they will uh, allow interviews with that, where I could get it set up at the, the window, I would, I would 100% do it. To see if he's, and, and you'd ask him certain questions to see if he's changed, to see if he can be more positive. And then just try to get him to crack and, and to show his true possessed demon self. And then we can get some more years added to the sentence. His own words is he's going to, if he gets locked up, he's going to try to kill me right after. So I, I don't know what you do with an individual like that. Sweet home Alabama. All right, let's get going. See who we got today's show. Good to see everybody in here. Appreciate all the love and support. Uh, we're going to start off. 
trying to see if we got a new uh a new uh caller. We'll try to keep it guys to one question, please. Maybe two if things are good, just so we can keep callers flowing on everything here. Hello, hello. Who am I speaking to today? Hello, right back to um, Thomas. What's going on? Uh, I want to ask you a question. Okay, let's go. What's on your mind? I want to ask you a question about how so. About what? Uh, about a house so that happened in 2012. A house show? Okay, your question. Sorry, it was a little hard to hear you. You have a question on a house show in 2012, correct? Yes, that happened in my home country of Portugal. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if you were if you wrestled in it, but uh, I wanted to know if you actually wrestled in it. If you have any memories of being here in twenty twelve, Portugal. I, I off the top of I want to say I, I have been to Portugal. It rings a bell. I can't tell you one hundred percent. I'd have to look. I'm sure that information is online. On the on the because the people that keep track of all the matches they have they usually have all that I think my guess is yes, that would have been on a European tour. Yeah, I saw, and you you didn't have a match, but I was wondering if you were actually there. Well, if I did have, if it has me listed, who did it say I wrestled? Punk? No, you didn't wrestle. You didn't wrestle. Oh, I didn't wrestle. I don't know. Then I might not have been on that tour. You, sometimes we run split tours as well. I, I do know I, I the only thing I remember from 2012 that I could tell you off the top of my head, I remember I when I first got up there as Ryback and things started taking off, they tried to rush to get me on a tour to Egypt. And I remember they couldn't get my visa done in time. And and I remember I wanted I really Egypt's one place I always wanted to go. I wanted to kind of I didn't want to go in the pyramids. I wanted to see them though. And I remember they couldn't get it done. And then but that later that year I got I did go on the European tour that November or later October, whenever it was. But I can't tell you, I don't know if I was on the crew that went to Portugal or not. But yeah. You're welcome, buddy, and I appreciate you coming on. Also, I have another question, but it's not wrestling related. What's that? Um, I'm a big NBA fan, and I was just wondering if you have a, a favorite NBA team. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up watching the Lakers. I always, I was a big fan of Kobe and Shaq. Um, I still, I still kind of root for the Lakers with LeBron on them, uh, just because my dad's a California guy and always rooted for the. We grew up rooting for all the LA teams because we didn't have any sports teams. So I was always yeah. grew up. I was, so I'm always kind of always have rooted for the Dodgers, the LA Kings. But now that like hockey, we have the Vegas Golden Knights, and I'm, I'm not a Raiders fan. We have the Raiders for football, but. Um, and we're going to be getting a basketball team, so I'll probably be rooting for them. And I think we're getting the A's for baseball here in 2027 or 28. And, um, you know, so I'll root for them with that. But, yeah, uh, it, I'd say Lakers. But, you know, I was happy the Nuggets won this year. I was uh, I, I was happy to see them win their first championship. Yeah, I'm a Celtics fan. Good deal. Grew up watching that Larry Bird, man. So it's uh, Shaq even played, I think, a season there before he retired, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Good deal. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Oh, thank you, Ryder. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. You have a good one. Be safe over there. You too, man. Bye-bye. Good deal. Portugal in the house. Uh, was a stalker guy, a person. Yeah, I saw him. He he from Gold's Gym in St. Petersburg, Florida. He uh, had stopped me in there. It was when I was out injured after Nexus. That was the beginning of all of this, this chaos. 
And then he has harassed and, and slandered me for the last 12 years outside of the initial death threats in 2011. Um, and then getting backstage or getting kicked out at a WWE event. Uh, I thought he just probably fell off the face of the earth, but he'd been harassing me online ever since, which he revealed all that in the Ryback show that from, what was it? The Monday, Tuesday episode from last week. So almost two weeks ago with everything is when he, and then the, the week prior is where he came on the show disguising his voice as uh, as other people. And then he cracked and couldn't take it. And then he revealed himself and said he was going to put a bullet in my head. And that's when then he had the real breakdown of then Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday of last week's shows coming on. But since then, he's he's been afraid to come on with everything. So I don't know if, if, if he's taking some medication and he's or whatever it is that he's doing um, or just he's full time being a woman right now with Layla Kent and Jordan. So he can't really come on. I don't know what, what his deal is, but so he's welcome to come on uh, if he has anything else he wants to say. But I think he's uh, for a guy that thinks he's, he's not scared and all this. He seems pretty scared. <laughs> seems like a little bit of a bitch, if you ask me. All right, highly entertained. We've got a new caller here. <clears throat> I see some new faces we're going to get on as well in here. Hey, welcome to the Ryback Show, highly entertained. Hello, hello. I was on here yesterday, and I'm going to start coming on these podcasts every time we're doing, but I do have two questions, if oh. you don't mind. My first question is, how was it when you won the Intercontinental Championship back when was it 2013? 2014 or 2015, I believe. Elimination Chamber yeah. 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, how was it when you So great experience. It was bittersweet in the sense of we had a fantastic match laid out um, that got thrown out the window completely. If you remember, Mark Henry's pod broke during that. Uh, uh, yes, yes, I remember that. So that completely fucked everything up. That was um, just, and I've talked about this. So I'll tell you, so the, uh, we'll go into a little more detail in the match, but so it happened, but the moment at, when we got through the end of the match, the end got back on track where uh, Sheamus, I was able to eventually shell shock Sheamus. I think we did a spot, a power bomb into the, into the, to the cage and then back into the ring and then got in and, and up for the shell shock one, two, three. And then the crowd, it was a very nice reaction from the crowd, despite the match falling apart. And I'll explain that to you. But then Daniel Bryan in the ring, and people were were very, very were were very accepting of the moment. Uh, it was a really cool, positive, really cool moment that to be able to have that and share that with Daniel in there, who I believe was out full time after his injury, where they thought he was done for good, and he had to. I think was he did he have to relinquish the IC title? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that that was it was a it was a cool moment in all of that, at least of, of finally of winning a championship there. Um, and then backstage, the best part about all that was, was the standing ovation from a big group of the guys back there. Um, when I got through Gorilla, I was not, I, I did not know that anyone was going to, I thought that was just very, really unexpected, cool thing. Um, and, and people coming over and saying, congratulations, you deserve it. And you work, you've, 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 you've should have happened, whatever, whatever it is that people say in like some of those with the way kind of things had gone. And so that was, it was a very, really cool moment and all of that. Unfortunately, it, it so that was the positive. The negative was it was it was a it was a um, negotiating tactic done by WWE 
with Vince and them. The only reason they put that on me was to try to get me to resign a contract. And then, and then, then when I did not resign that contract and then we started essentially going into contract negotiations and they agreed to a lot more money and other things needed to be worked out, which were not going to get worked out. They then took the title off me pretty after it was, I think it was a several months, three or four months. And uh, so it was for me, it wasn't the most positive of experiences of, of getting to, you know, where you, you, you win a championship. It, it, it wasn't, there was never any real intent. I, I, you know, maybe it would have been if I would have signed the contract, it, it very well could have been, but I wasn't going to sign over my trademarks. And I just wasn't, I didn't like the way things were being handled and it was, but this is what they do on it. So it wasn't the most positive of experience in that sense. Um, and the match got so thrown out when Mark got his pod broken. Um, they, they should have kept him in his pod. And, and why anyone did it, I don't really understand. Because in a match with that many guys, those matches are heavily scripted. So Mark, when he got in, it fucked everything up. And Wade Barrett, my, I was coming in next. And I was supposed to blow a whole comeback with Wade and somebody else. Mark wasn't even supposed to be in there. Till the, I think Mark was supposed to be one of the last guys in. And he wasn't supposed to be in there for a long time. Instead, Mark comes out of the thing and... Wade gets eliminated. So the guy that I'm supposed to have the comeback with isn't even in the match. I think when I finally get in, things are just completely off. And I'm having to try to blow a comeback with Mark Henry, who had no idea. And like it was, it was, it was just very unorganized. And so a lot of the spots that were planned out couldn't go down. Um, and, and that match was and it, but I, I will say we kept it for as bad as everything fell apart. And I thought we the guys did their absolute best because when you have that many guys. It's very, you're trying to get it back on track because what you need to get the eliminations in a certain order at a certain time. And like me and Dolph, I literally look at Dolph because I'm trying to think of like, who the fuck are we going to like? Because the eliminations were off. We're like, who do we have to get next? And like to get, because certain people that somebody's supposed to eliminate somebody. So it's like, okay, we, one of us need to eliminate this next person. And, but like, and we're trying to organize that. And I go to Dolph, I go, I go, we're circling. There's four of us or five of us, me, Truth, Mark Henry, Dolph, and me. And I go, Dolph, and Seamus is still in his pod, I think. And I, I go, what do we do? How do we get this on track? He goes, I don't fucking know. <laughs> and we just kept circling. And then me and Dolph, we realized we had to pair up. And we, we Dolph, I think, got word to the other guys to pair up. And me and Dolph paired up. And I picked Dolph up in a stalling vertical. And we started we started organizing things a little bit right there. So, and then we, we got it on track not long after that. Enough to where we still had to leave out certain spots because everything was all off. But, um yeah, so that that that's kind of the the whole story behind that. Yeah, um, like I was a big Ryback fan, so that was one of my favorite moments of yours. You finally win the championship. But my second question, my final question is, um, how was it being a Paul Heyman guy? He's one of the legends in the business, and you were you were one of his guys. So how was it, and what did you learn from Paul Heyman when you were a Paul Heyman guy? Uh, it was, I'm very honest about this. I, 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 I did not enjoy the experience at all. It, and so Paul's very good at, at being manipulating and, and he's been around for a very long time. Paul's very good at knowing how to take care of Paul and making sure Paul's getting a good paycheck at all times. Paul, so you got to understand. And I, and I think Paul's a great manager and I think Paul is a great speaker with everything. And so this is one of those things that people can say they, they've done it already, but I'm just giving you the real experience. Paul was really good friends with punk during all of that. So Paul was conspiring with punk while he was supposed to be working with me and Axel 
and it wasn't it but it wasn't in our best interest does that make sense yeah so for me it was a very and i i and i took care of that with paul and i told him what i thought about it and when i when i realized what was going on but still you know paul paul's not bad i thought i enjoyed i thought the segments that we did together i thought they were we did very entertaining things together i just didn't i i didn't enjoy the way the lack of transparency and the way things were going down it was essentially i was brought into an angle because his his run with axel got cut short and he needed to keep it going for two or three more months. And so he used me again and got me taken out of my bully role that I was actually getting really over and again, getting heat. They took me, if you remember this, I was doing that bully stuff and they randomly plucked me out of that when I was finally getting heat after being babyface and turning heel and crowds finally started hating me. And then they pulled me out of it and I stopped the bullying altogether to go work with him for two months. And then he ditches us and me and Axel stayed. It, that was, it was, there was never never one plan for that to be long-term Paul just politicked and got me taken out of my spot to use to, to fill in with punk for two or three more months. So he could continue to get paid. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you that that is 100% the truth. So in people, you know, not everyone wants to hear those sorts of things, but that's, that's what goes on there. Paul's very good at taking care of Paul with it, but I didn't appreciate the, the, that, if you're going to work with somebody, you should be wanting to work with somebody and, and it should be, or you should be very transparent in what your intentions are in the very beginning. And, and none of that was done. And, but I had those conversations with Paul, like a man and that, and he took it and to his credit. He took it also. And he didn't, yeah. he, and he didn't, and he didn't, and he didn't debate it one bit, just so everyone is well aware of that. Yeah. I remember you bullied, uh, when you were doing that old bully gimmick, you had bullied, uh, Current AEW superstar starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that the first time I saw a clip of it, like somebody pointed it out, and I was like, "Wow!" And like now looking back at, it, he's a big star now. So um, he's doing great. When you go to AEW, you get to run that back with him. But we'll see where it goes. But that's all I got, Robback. I see Brooklyn Brawlers in the building, so I see I'm gonna give other people a chance to talk. But thank you, Robback. You're welcome, buddy. I appreciate it. You have a good one. Too. Good deal. Great questions. Thank you very much. We've got a new new caller here. TriStar will bring in. And for people, Chase is still uh, spamming in the uh, in the YouTube oh. as well. Hello, hello. What's going on? Uh, uh, not much. I'm out here in Paragold, Arkansas, right now. Oh, middle of nowhere misery. Oh man. What you said, middle of Arkansas? Yeah, in Missouri. I've got family. My 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 father's. Uh, we, we got roots out there in Arkansas. We may be related. No, I, no, I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Is where I'm from. Oh, but it's but our, my family, the, his side of the family, all that Tennessee, Arkansas. I'm telling you, there's you, it's a small world. We yeah. may be maybe like huge. cousins, long yeah, distant we might, cousins. We might, we might Yes, yes. What's on your mind today? Uh, yeah, and uh, his daughter. Uh, oh, not much, man. Uh, first time coming in here. Of course, I watched you years ago. I was, I wasn't in professional wrestling that long. I trained with Robert Gibson. I think I had like one or two matches on one of his promotions like five years ago. But I, you know, I've been in truck driving for ten years, and I had to move back to Tennessee and. I was living down there in Kennesaw, Georgia, when I was going to his wrestling school. I love Robert Death and Ricky. 
Good deal. I know uh, Chase comes from a trucking family. They actually have a trucking business by Stalker with everything. Chase? Yeah, yeah. The the, the crazy Brandon Chase, Salihi Nassab, they, uh, they have a trucking business. Or they did anyways. I don't know if it went under, but. Okay. You got any wrestling questions or any concerns, statements, anything today? Uh, well, I mean, I guess you can say my my main concerns, I guess, say with more with AEW than WWE. It's just I feel like with AEW, they're not. I I, I try. I kind of feel like they're trying to appease the internet audience instead of actually putting out good stuff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, go. I'm sorry, continue. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you. I'll, I'll give you a prime example. They had a golden opportunity with Wardlow. They could have made him the dominant killer. Yep. You know, big baby face and all that stuff. And they, it's like he, you know, he, he squashes MJF, you know, gives him 30 power bombs and all that stuff because that's his move is the power bomb. And, and it works, but they don't do anything after that. And it's like, I feel like they let. You know, the elite there kind of have too much pull. And, you know, I, I just think Tony Khan, you know, he doesn't want to put his foot down and say anything. Like, for example, the whole thing with them and CM Punk, he should have sat them all down and said, listen, CM Punk, I, I, I get it. He can be a prick. I get it. But he's making us like a lot of money. And he's willing to work with you guys. But if you guys can't get it, get your head out of your ass, there's the door. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to do that. I think he tries to – he he's the prime example of a money mark. A guy's got a lot of money. He wants to be in professional wrestling, so he backs this promotion. And, you know, like, like I said, I just – I feel like he's kind of getting in his own way. I, I wish that they would bring in, you know, a booker or somebody that would, you know, he'd say, listen, I'm going to let him have the say. Yeah. What he says goes. So that way there's a, cause I feel like there's no sense of direction. I mean, I, I'm sorry, you know. No, I think you have valid concerns. I, I, and you know, obviously, so I, I'm not there. I know people there. I don't know what the backstage vibe is. I, I, I think everyone agrees with what you said about Wardlow. I've talked about it. He had the momentum going and his momentum was, was just stopped. And he's still, though, he's still doing well, but they, something tells me, you got to understand what goes on. You've got producers and people there, and I know they put Arn with them, and Arn is, is very good, and Arn can give him some protection. Uh, from oh, a, I love Arn, And I think the reason that they probably put Arn with him was maybe give him some political protection from things, because you've got guys and other producers will go, well, you don't want to let him, you don't want him to, this is the argument they'll make, well, you can't have him beat everybody. Yes, you can you have him beat everybody, then he'll come back down eventually. But you need to create stars. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a prime example, and you'll know what I'm talking about. When Goldberg got to WCW in 97, yep. going through 98 in his first run there at WCW, why did he get over? Yeah, he didn't lose. And he, but he had, he had a lot of things. But and I'll tell you, he, he, was on, he was on TV every week. It was, or, or most of the time, he didn't go extended periods not being on TV. He became a featured talent, and but as everything started organically getting over, and then they started as it kept getting organically over, they kept putting more and more into it. And, and be, but they had to because they wanted, they needed to create some homegrown stars. And I could tell you with Wardlow, I feel like, and it, and I, and how they have booked him, they simply, I'm just going to say this: 
for whatever reason they chose not, I think there's a fear of booking talents like that. And I know that this was a fear. And even with me, with things, they're afraid if they let you get too big that they can't control it or that there's nowhere to go from it. But there really is. If you have an out for it, what you have to do is you're allowed, you could do these monster runs with people like Brock. Brock had a monster run forever. Brock is now working more, more normal. Like Cody's getting stuff on Brock that Brock never sold for people like this. And right. that match would never have happened prior, but Brock is, he's getting a little older and they're kind of, they're, they're smart because they're now allowing him to have, to be able to work with more people. So you could still book people as monsters as they were doing with Wardlow. But at some point you got to start downgrading it once that, but you got to do it once it starts kind of maybe fizzling out, which could be two years in, could be a year and a half, could be three, but you've got to put that energy into it. But I, and I'm not there and I, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like it's, there's, and I know how the politics work in the business and the different agents and producers that were in WWE, some of them are there, there too now, where they go, look, we, he's better off booking him more normal so that he could work more programs with people. But when they do that, the, the problem is, is you take away something that was organically getting over that doesn't make sense with people that they wanted, they were telling you they wanted that, Right. When the people are cheering and they're going, no, we're, they're, they are telling you this is very, they're going, and it was like when I was going, like, we like this guy. yeah, we like this guy. We're giving our approval. Like, we're okay with you pushing this guy. Yeah, sure, they're going to turn him out at some point, but make as much money in that window as possible. But I'm not there. I don't understand. There might be a valid reason for it. We don't know about. Maybe maybe Wardlow, and, and I, don't, I don't, I'm just speaking without knowing. Maybe he had input that he was something. I don't know. But. I, I think your concerns are valid and, and, you know, I've heard Daniel Bryan is now being part of, of the creative team. And I could tell you, we used to talk about angles, me, Cody and, and, and Dan and different things in the car rides that I, we rode together. And Dan is very creative. And I feel like Dan does have an understanding of what needs to get done. And uh, so I, I'm hoping things improve on that front with him getting more and more input on the creative side. Now, now I'll, I'll say this. Uh, as you've seen, uh, Vince came back, and now, now he looks like damn Gomez Adams. Uh, so he, he does. He, he looks like if Gomez Adams started, you know, started doing Diana Ball and started cycle. I mean, uh, so I'm curious. Do you, what do you think might be the end game of this? Do you think he's going to just, you know, he kind of weasels his way back into that, and he's like, basically, to hell with y'all, I'm doing what I want. He's already back. Or, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you that, think after the sale, do you think he's still going to be there? Well, that that's all going. I don't know if it's been finalized, but, I mean, it's all pretty official. Endeavor's, you know, take taken over, and I think that's all going through or has gone through or very close to going through. Um, I think he works there as long as they want him to work there. I think Endeavor, I could tell you that that relationship, because Vince gave Dana White and Endeavor the game plan to them to take to the fighters, which they've implemented, which we've seen the, how the contract and all that all are all screwed up over there. So Endeavor is very grateful for Vince for helping them make more money. So that's why they overvalued WWE and gave him more a higher value than they were even worth. And they're very, that's kind of... This is where I feel looking from the outside in with common sense. I go once because I didn't even realize they were in the hunt initially. And then and then when I'd learned that, I go, that makes perfect sense on why that deal was done. Their relationship is much stronger than people know. So for Vince to give them the game book, the the, the playbook on how to manipulate talent and to, yeah. to get them to essentially whore them out, 
that's what they do. And so you got it now. They they have formed together, and they're. I feel that's going to be a relationship until he passes away, probably. And, and I'll say this too: what, for y'all that don't know, Vince McMahon is not actually from New York City. He's actually from North Carolina. Correct. And if you listen, and if you actually listen to him, kind of talk like he gets a little comfortable, you can hear it. But it's it's almost like he, he hates it. Like he hates the fact that he's from the South. He hates, it's like he hates Southerners. I, I don't I don't know what it is. But I've always kind of noticed that, and honestly, like, is there like anything you've seen that makes you think that? I've always, I've always wondered that. I don't know. I mean, it's I'm not. I I, I don't know though enough. I know that he is from there though, and I've heard bits and pieces. But you know that he wouldn't be the first person that did something that would whatever resentment that he had from his childhood or upbringing. You know where he eventually got to an age he took control of his life. He maybe he kind of distances himself from that, and yeah. that would yeah. we that I, that would have to be a Doctor Phil conversation. Yeah. Oh God, that, you can make probably a whole series on. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I, I seen uh, you did a video like you said you meet you met his brother. Yeah, Rod, we were friends. Yeah, uh, I see some of he did. He never want to get involved in professional wrestling. Nope. Like, did, he didn't care about it. No, he was in the metal industry, the metal, something with, with producing and manufacturing metals. And from everything I understood, he didn't tell, tell me too much. And I never really dug too much into his personal life. I just know, I believe he was married and um, he used to buy Feed Me More Nutrition all the time. And he always like, he subscribed to my newsletter and he, we would email and, and text and he would, he would, he would tell me how much he loved everything. We would talk about life more so. And he would always tell me like, it was more, he was, he knew everything going on with me and my injuries. He, he just, he would always say like, I hope you're able to overcome this and you, you, you're greatly missed. Yes. He watched wrestling and was yeah. like, he was just very supportive. He was, but he always told me, I don't know how much him and Vince talked. I knew they had a relationship. So he obviously had a relationship with well, him. I'm sure, I'm sure they talk as a brother. But yeah, but I don't think it was as much as, I don't think it was like all the time. And, but you know, cause I, I don't know their backstory on everything, but, I just remember he always routinely told me he goes he goes I don't think Vince hates you with everything and I and I because I never I never spoke bad about Vince to him and I would but I was very honest about the things he understood what happened and he was very supportive he goes I understand why you did what you did and you did the right thing but he was very uh, he he never he would go to the shows every once in a while he he just had no interest I think that was that was Vince's deal Rod was had his own life he had his own money he was very wealthy from what I understood where he was, he was secure. And, and, but it was, I remember when he passed away, it, that, that one, I, it, it caught me off guard. That was, that was what, last year or two? He, he Several, three, no, I think it was before COVID or right in the beginning of all that. I, I think it, yeah. it might've been prior to COVID. Um, so shit, that's already been over three years, three and a half years, yeah. probably. He, um, I, but I, I wish that in, in me and Vince, I talked to Vince quite a bit. But I was limited on some of the things I could talk about with all the legal stuff that had happened. And I wish that me and Vince had the relationship that me and his brother had. Because me and his brother got along really well. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, so I'm curious. That makes me think, did did he talk like Vince? Like, did he have the same type of voice or was he kind of different? He was different. I saw, I could tell you the story. He, when I met, the first time, just so you know how I met him, we were, it was the day. I don't think I remember. It was in Houston. We were uh, in town for a pay-per-view, I believe. It was me. I was during, I was Axel, me and Axel. So this was during kind of my punishment period. Yeah, you and Perfect Son. Yeah. And so I would go to gyms outside of town that, that weren't as busy. And I found a Gold's Gym maybe like. Be spotted. 
Yeah, and because especially like when everybody's in town or a big pay per view, you just people are more aware. So I found this Gold's Gym, and and and, and people still knew. But a guy came up to me. I came in and I, I I paid or got a day pass or let they let me in. I don't even remember it, 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 one of those one of those scenarios. And I was inquiring about their tanning beds. So they had tanning in the front, and uh, right. this this guy comes up to me, this older guy, and uh, he starts talking to me. And he and he goes, oh, I'm I'm Rod, uh, I'm Vince, I'm Vince McMahon's brother. And so I I'm, I'm not I I I think he's crazy at first. I never knew Vince had a brother, so I think I'm like talking to some wacko that. It, and I'm so I go, oh, that's cool, man. It's nice to meet you. But then he starts talking about something, and I'm looking at his face. They have the same exact nose, like in the the middle of their face. He I, he looked a little different, but you you could see the similarities once you see him. And, but it was his nose that tipped me off because I always remember Vince had this very distinct nose to me, and uh, and I, I go holy shit! And I, I go oh, I go shit! You are his brother. While he's talking, he goes yeah yeah I told you that, and I, I go oh, I didn't believe you, and uh, we started laughing and we we talked for a while. He gives me his his business card, and we stayed in contact ever from that point, man. And he just it was like he he was said he was so cool and complimentary. He he watched everything on TV. And, and new stuff about me. And I, I just go, man, what a cool guy. But he, that later that day, Vince brought his mother to the show. And, but Vince is, so here's the deal. So, I, so his mother lived in Houston? Too? Yeah. His mother lived in Houston as well. And that's why, and Rod lived there. So we get to, I get to the building. I see Vince walking. I go, Hey Vince. And he comes over and I go, I met your brother today, Rod. Brother. Yeah. And Vince, and, and he goes, Oh, that's oh, great. Man. And he was like happy about it. And I go, I'm mad. I go, I didn't believe him. I didn't know you had a brother. I go, then I saw the resemblance in the face. Vince got beat. I'm not even making this up. Vince got beat red, like just like, like a chili pepper, just fuming. And he goes, wait, I'm nothing I like. And I, and I just, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? He storms off like a chuck. He literally does the Vince walk and storms off beat red after that. And uh, I go, well, fuck, I'm losing tonight. And sure enough, pinfall was on me that night for the tag match. But later, yeah, but Vince, later that night, he comes back and he he goes, I want you to come meet my mother. And he puts me in a room with his mother and like five or six other people for like, for like 10, 15 minutes and nobody else comes in. So I'm just hanging out with his mom and like other people I don't know. Not all the rest. I was the only wrestler in there. And then Vince comes in. And everybody's hugging. And like, I, I just, I had to stay in there while all these people that knew each other and his mom, though, the one thing his mom said to me, and she goes, it's very nice to meet you, Ryback. She goes, my son's going to live for a very long time. And she smiled at me. And I'm just thinking like, this is some sort of evil conspired like act. <laughs> but she was very sweet and kind. But I go, why of all people was I chosen but Vince did that with me multiple times. I got brought in with his family during WrestleMania, the one at 29 in New York. They had me, Hunter, DX, and all his grandkids just hanging out in this monster locker room in Vince. And I'm in my singlet hanging out with all the grandkids because the grandkids loved me. So, like, I was there. To, Vince brought the toy in to come play with the grandkids before my match with Mark Henry. <laughs> yeah, did, uh, did, did you see where uh, Shane's son's playing football in Indiana? Oh, I didn't know that. I knew he had his son was playing, doing something. I'd saw, but I didn't know it was uh, Indiana. I'm sure he's a yeah, great he's athlete. Wide receiver. He's wide receiver. Shane, man, Shane. I always got along really well with Shane. Shane was always. I didn't wasn't yeah, there that long. What, that's what I've always heard. Like Shane was like, uh, of course, a guy. I used to listen more, but he started getting too political. Now was Mr. Jim Cornette. You know, I used to listen to him all the time, and he'd always tell stories about you know Shane or 
you know, of course, riding in the car with Vince because he was on the booking team from 96 to 97. So he knew Kevin Dunn, and he always, uh, him and uh, Paul Bear or Percy Pringle, whatever you want to call him, would always tell great Kevin Dunn stories. And it was hilarious. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And, and that's another thing, too. You know, like, like I said, I just, I always find him to be very interesting, and I feel like you could make a damn Fox series DVD set on the life of this man. Yeah, no, you know, I can tell you, Kevin was always very nice to me, though, um, and, and, and and so I can only tell it, like, I, I never had a bad uh, experience. I don't know what Kevin ever did or said behind my back. I can only tell you that Kevin Dunn was always very kind to me. He would stop and say hello if he was walking more often, like, because you know, Kevin wouldn't be seen. He'd be in the production truck or in the meetings. Yeah, he, uh, for, for people who don't know, he's the producer. He works, you, you don't ever see. Yeah, and, but you would randomly see, we would randomly. Yeah, we would randomly see him backstage, and if he was backstage, I'd see him, like, walking in a hallway. He'd be on his phone. But I would tell you, he would stop and say hello to me a lot. Not every time, because, and, but I think he would sometimes just pretend to be on his phone so people wouldn't bother him. But he was – and I never bothered him, so I don't know. He was always nice to me if I ever had to go to the truck, and I was always respectful. He was uh, – because he, he plays a big role in that company. But I could oh, – he was – he yeah. was never. I never had one bad interaction with him. Yeah, and – that that's the thing, you know, I I, I kind of look at it, you know, one thing, I, I feel like they would have had a golden opportunity if they would have done this. When NXT got cooking, Yep. split it up and kind of do like the old territory kind of thing, like where you can have like the south southeast or the northeast, midwest, you know, southwest, west coast, you know, that kind of thing. And then have the NXT champion kind of be – you know, how like the uh, NWA champion was back in the day. Yep. And that way you have all these markets you can you can hit and it allows, you know, people to get exposure in different areas because I can tell you fans in one place are completely different than fans in a, another place. Very true. I've noticed that. Like, for example, I can tell you still to the Tennessee and Eastern Kentucky and kind of the Appalachian area. Yep. I still hear stories about riots for fans. Try, like, uh, <clears throat> of course, famous story of old school crowds for sure down Tennessee there. Tennessee wrestlers, no. Yes, they take it very seriously. Yep. And uh, one one thing too is uh, there was a guy by the name of Ron Wright. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he was a uh, wrestler out of East Tennessee. Uh, guys like Buddy Landell and uh, guys that grew up in that area watched him as, as a kid. He had so much heat that he was in Greenville, Tennessee with his brother, Don, and the fans start hitting the ring before the match even started. I think that was wrestling Don and Al Green or something. Uh, it was in the six, mid to late 60s. You know, they were the top heels, and all of a sudden, they're trying to – they literally were fighting their way back to get back to the dressing room, and uh, Ron Ryan says, well, yeah, this fan came up behind me, and – Let's say talk. Came up behind me, and he he took like you know what a Hawkeye knife is. It's like the curved yeah. blade. Yep. He took a fan took that and stabbed him at the probably at the at the bottom of his neck. Went like in a crescent shape all the way down to the crack of his ass. He almost bled to death. That it's insane. People are absolutely and, out of their minds. But yeah, that's how they and, they take wrestling a lot more seriously in those parts. So yeah, and and, and not only that. Uh, he was up in Eastern Kentucky because he had his own little plane because, yeah, he wrestled, but he also had a normal job up there in Kingsport. He worked at the Kodak. 
factory. So he would fly a plane anywhere he had to go and fly back home. Yep. Well, he flew up to like Arborville, Kentucky, or, or Hazard, or Har- somewhere up there in eastern Kentucky. The fans found out where, he, where his plane was, and they went and blew his plane up. Yeah, no, it, it, there's some batshit crazy people out there, man. So, oh yeah, uh, the uh, but TriStar, I've got to get, I've got a couple super chats I've got to get to here before we take another caller. Oh yeah, you're welcome, your brother. You're welcome. I recognize you. You're welcome on anytime. You have some great questions. Oh yeah, and y'all go check out Ron Fuller for some good uh, Ron Wright stories. Good deal, brother. Thank you very much. Great questions. Look forward to having you back on. Thank you very much. Sorry, but I've got a couple super chats I want to get to before too many so I can get back to the calls. Super Cyan Snack, thank you, says, are you and Brad Medic's friends? Uh, he goes through BS Press, too, for no reason. I think people hate on the both of you for no reason, both very talented. I don't know Brad hardly at all. Uh, he was at OVW for a short period after I was already gone. Um, and, and then he was in WWE, you know, for a bit there. And uh, they had him as the referee. Um, and he obviously played a role. He was involved with me and Punk, and then I had to do the match with him. I could, I always got along with him as far as I, I didn't. I, I wasn't very close with him though at all. And I could tell you that they the and I don't know what kind of heat he had up there or anything, but I just know that they were like different people, like producers and company people. That and like when I had that match, I was instructed and not to hurt him or anything stupid like that. But it was it was like. I had to be raging because he cost me the WWE championship. And if you watch that match, that is probably one of my more physical matches in WWE of I, and I, Brad knew Brad and Brad was new. He, I go like, I go, I, I've got to bring it tonight. And like, it was, this is from Vince down and, and the different producers. And like, I'm talking like coming up and reminding me like you better, like Michael Hayes, you better be fucking pissed. And you better bring it. Like Vince is watching, like, because that was the story. This referee cost me the, my big moment, and that was the end of his character on TV. And so I had to go out there in a working way and wreck him on that. And like, and just, and it was, we we got through and everything was fine. And, but it was that, if you're one of, that was probably my stiffest match I ever wrestled. Um, and, and Brad knew going in, and I, and I was, it was nothing ever personal, and he was fine after. But like, I, I wrestled at a, like, people like with, I, I wrestled Punk a level one compared to that match was a level 10 with Brad on that as far as the, the just so people and then a lot of other people it would keep it level one level two level three uncertain you know what I mean not not that because but that was like the instructions was go and he was he was he was not there for much longer and I don't know what happened with all of that and I don't know what press I just know he had the stuff happened obviously you know that that with with Paige and and I don't know anything with really and <laughs> about any of that what really actually went on or, or how that even got leaked. And I don't know if I even said in the past, if I said it, when it shocked me, if he was the one that did it, I don't know. I don't, I just don't know how something like that can get leaked unless someone that has it leaks it, but it could have been sent to somebody else. It could have been, it, it very well could not have been him either. He could have, he could have, but somebody could have had, it could have sent it to someone and they did it right. So it could be responsible still. I don't know. He, he would have to be the one that comments and all that. I don't have anything bad. He was always good to me on everything, though. But, you know, not ever. It just wasn't there that long. 
Super Chat Jay Bradbury, thank you very much coming through. During the arm wrestling million dollar tough enough, the start of the segment, Al Snow said you had two broken ribs and asked if you wanted to continue. Did doctors approach you backstage or was you deciding to stay on you? No, so nobody, I don't, the trainers, I did have the two broken ribs from training and that was when we were learning and very early on in that show, the ribs got cracked. Um, one of the guys, I think he was Nick Mitchell, um, it was on a body slam and we were, he was, we were like, we had, we we're doing drills and it was something, one of the, he completely just dropped me on my side, messed up a move and it, it hurt, but I just got up. We kept going. And I like, I didn't know I did anything, but I was like, Oh, I hurt my ribs, but just kept going. And it was, they cracked. And then they kept, they kept getting worse. Cause I just kept training. And, and then they broke and I had two clean breaks, the, or the breaks. And that that's very dangerous when ribs break, cause you could puncture a lung. And, uh, and that's why I think they had me removed off the show. I don't even think I got voted. I think they just had me removed for my own protection and so didn't die on anything doing the training. I was, I was in a bad, once they broke, it was, it was bad and I wasn't taking anything or anything for them. So, uh, but it saved me because I didn't have to dress up like a chick that night. We had to go shopping for the episode that I got eliminated on early on. And all the guys, I was actually going to be Rhina, the ninth wonder of the world. I had a China outfit. So thank God. That we had Al took us to a woman's lingerie shop, and we all had to buy. And if you go back and watch it, all the other guys that came out, Miz, Pewter, everybody was dressed as a woman. I was going to be Rhina, the, the ninth wonder of the world. I had a China outfit on uh, because I didn't know what else to fucking. I go, if I'm going to dress as a woman, I'm just going to go as China, which I, I didn't know. Thank God that probably might have got me more heat. I don't know. Thank God I don't have that footage floating around in memes because <laughs> it surely would have been with all of that. And uh, I don't, I, I have, I, I've had to have mentioned that at some point um, with that, but yeah, that was, uh, that, that was the, uh, the deal. But that arm wrestling thing was, I think I had to wrestle arm wrestle justice, the big guy. He was huge and very strong and I beat him, but it took, it took everything out of me. And then pewter beat Miz or somebody who was easy. And then I had to turn right around and wrestle pewter after arm wrestling justice. And I was done on that but i beat pewter we actually they everyone because everyone gave me shit over that and uh and i'm not an arm wrestling professional but i know I'm, I'm pretty decent on it at that point and um i beat pewter pretty easily later at a different date on everything and uh but he was pewter pewter was was still he he deserved to win that show he he did he did very well on all of that But yeah, Rhino, the ninth wonder of the world. I'm not even, I, I was like, if I'm going to dress as a woman, I'm going to do something gimmick wise with this. Everybody else, it was that all those guys had to do it. What an awkward, awkward experience. Why you would want a bunch of guys to dress as women. That was a Vince thing though. So don't ask me with it, why you would have wanted to see the dude. I think it's just, what are you willing to do to be a, a WWE superstar? But, um, and I think I was going to have like some, I wanted them to see if they can give me that gun that she had to shoot things. I wanted to come out. It was, <laughs> thank God I got fucking eliminated. Thank God. The only time I'll be happy to be eliminated in something. All right. We've got Slim, Hulkamaniac for life. Big Slim. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Ryback Show. Hey, what's up, Ryback? Uh, How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, there's a, a few things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I'm not going to like uh, hold you up forever or anything, but uh, 
One of the things I wanted to ask you about is, uh, uh, okay, I wasn't always a right back fan, and um, um, I I, uh, I I don't really watch wrestling anymore. But uh, you know, you know, when I go back and watch wrestling, I I, I kind of like reminisce about the the times when I was a kid, and like and and um, I don't I don't even know what, what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, I'm just I'm just shocked that I'm talking to Ryback right now. Um, so yeah, I wasn't always right. Uh, I wasn't always a Ryback fan, and uh, over the years, I've, I've I mean, I've, I started watching your channel, and I came to realize that you, I mean, you're actually a pretty cool guy. Thank you. And I wanted to ask you, where do you think all the hate for you comes from? Because um, I don't know. I, I, do you think that whole CM Punk thing about? Uh, what did he say? You dropped you you dropped him on his head or something? Do you think that that uh, contributed to like all the the hate that's like came out towards you over the years? I think that definitely didn't help. He has a, obviously a massive following, and at that time, he and, and it got mixed in with his issues with WWE. That we actually share some common thoughts on things with how that company's run, and so and then he, he. But we've seen when since recent times with him, like Hangman saying he thinks Hangman intentionally hurt him. The things he said, he he lied on two th things, and I've talked about this relentlessly. The table spot didn't go perfect. There was padding down, though, that he failed to mention where he says he got dropped on concrete. That's a lie. And he did, and, then he, and he made it look like I intentionally hurt him, and he made up a scenario that didn't happen in the back. What, I, what time What time period was this? 2014, if I'm not mistaken. So, so, Thir no, 13, 2013. 2013. Was this around the time when he was getting ready to leave? or was It was getting closer. He was already, it was our second time working. Uh, and they pulled me out of the bully gimmick, which I talked about earlier. Heyman to work with Heyman and, and uh, to have a couple more feud uh, program or two more months with Punk, another Hell in the Cell program. And um, and, and that was that. It was a very short-term thing. But uh, it, I, I will say that I think that didn't help. I think that there's definitely people, I think as time has gone on, I think more. I've, I get. I, I can tell you this because I've gotten so many messages where people apologize for go. Look, we unfairly thought this about you because of that, and we could see that that you know after seeing how other things have worked out with him, that 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 isn't the case or probably isn't the case, and whatever the case may be, I could tell you the the majority of the hate really started when I left in WWE, and I talked about it at the beginning of the show. Since they knew I left and they were aware that I was going to be going for my trademark and leaving. They then did everything in their power, and they've done this with other people. They go on a, just a headhunt of trying to destroy that brand and character to where they'll come up with a lot of drama and chaos and negativity for that person, which they did with me with fake articles. And they were they were running them on Facebook ads, on, and they start associating your name with negativity. And that's why, for me, when I saw that happening, we got a bunch of them taken down. And when I talked about it, even the guy called in on the meet and greets. And if you and I dare anybody find a meet and greet where it's not a positive experience. They, they would say that I was very bad to fans. I was very bad for meet and greets. So they start putting this information out there and they've done it over and over and over and over where people read these articles and they're just read the headline or read the, the first paragraph. And they start associating your name with a negative way. I then, and then what they've done is they've suppressed all my content illegally. So my voice got drowned out by all the hate and negativity thing is I've never given up and I just kept going and I fixed some of it. And people are re realizing now that they go, wait a second. This isn't all that it seems to have been made up to be. 
with it. And, and so, and I'm not perfect by any means. I'm human. And, and you're going to have things you agree with me with and don't agree with me on. But so many things have been taken out of context to try to associate my name with, with hate and negativity while suppressing me. The cool thing is, is I think I've risen above it time and time again. I've still remained to be one of the most known people, even not being on TV this long. And people are starting to finally realize, I think, like, this is, this is, there's other stuff that I've been saying that is, is there's, there's, there's validity and merit behind what I'm saying. And there's not just some made up conspiracy theory. So that would be my best guess. So from my experience, what's happened. Okay, so back to the CM Punk thing. Uh, nobody else has ever, I mean, I've never heard anybody else ever say that you were unsafe or you were yeah, stiff or correct. you botched. I mean, he's he's the only one I've ever heard say that. So, I mean, if one guy is only saying that, it's probably not true, right? You would, I mean, you would think people would have enough yeah. common sense. But, hey, even if there was something... <clears throat> With that, in the, where he, I could just tell you he was very injured while we were wrestling, and not because of me. He was already beat up. His knee was already shot before. So there's a lot of things, like, and I, I take that all into account with things. And, and like, I, it's just, it was what it was. There was nothing. I can't change that. But ever, a lot of other people have come out and said that I've been great to work with. And if you look at it, I worked with top guys pretty much my whole career there. I never once have been talked to about my work being too dangerous or too stiff. I've never been spoken to about having to be sent down to go work on anything. Like not right. once. So right. that, that is, but that is the, they, when you leave, they do not want me going to another promotion, namely AEW. So they really have, they turned that up even in recent years where they want that to become the narrative, which they think that's going to scare away people. I just go, the truth always wins. Eventually I'm going to get back overcome these injuries and get back and it's all gonna people are gonna realize just how shitty it is what they have done but it, it you gotta have some common sense also knowing like but people like you know so let me just give you this and this isn't to throw other people under the bus or injuries happen in pro wrestling all the time look Samoa Joe broke Tyson Kidd's neck on his finisher right I love Samoa Joe I think he's one of the best things going in pro wrestling with that does that mean he's a dangerous worker no was that was that recently no, that was in many years ago on um, oh. in, in in San Antonio, Texas. And I was there for that, and it was just a freak accident that happened. Seth Rollins accidentally was it Cena's nose he busted on that, and you know with Sting he did a thing with Sting with with the the buckle bomb and in the thing with Finn Balor. No, Seth is one of the best workers there, there that there is, and, and very entertaining and a great worker. But I've never done that to people. I've never broken anyone's I mean, bones. I've never, never. Dolph is the extent of of hurting someone. Given and he's one of my best friends, and we both laugh at that. It was both our mistake of a clothesline where he's top of his head. We're always taught to throw at a certain level. Don't go up. And I got in trouble after this clothesline because Vince was mad at me because I tried to get my arm up enough, and my elbow hit the top of his head. And he ended up knocking, giving himself a concussion, and we got through it. And it's I feel absolutely horrible about that. But that's the, the worst injury that I've actually caused somebody in wrestling on that, with that, where people then take, well, he's this horrible, dangerous worker. I've never killed anybody. I've never paralyzed anyone. I've never broken anyone's bones out there on anything with it. You know, all these guys have all these bruises after matches. Never once did a guy have bruises after, after wrestling me. So I just go, it's just this made-up narrative because I look like this big bad guy that that's just so dangerous and that that they bought into the narrative. And it, it, it's just done to try to hurt your brand overall. 
so right back this this cm punk heat this the, i mean it's 2023 now this stuff is like 10 years old and you 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 and and punk have probably matured and probably grown a lot in the last 10 years now um if you were to go to aew i would like to see you guys i i mean i don't know about a program but i would like to see you guys like work work a few matches i think that there's probably something there and i think that you know i think uh i think maybe he's in a spot in his life where he would be able to do where he would be willing to do business with you and i think you'd be willing to do business with him i've talked about that and i think that's one of the things the goal of coming back is is stronger than than any other little thing or beef that's taken gone on in the past and i don't know about ever you know working I, I together i don't know i'm more than willing i think if the opportunity for it to do a great program that can help ratings and improve things 1000% i'm behind it but I do think that I think at some point that a conversation takes place. I have no doubt that that's not going to happen. That's going to happen with us at some point, especially as I get closer and, and come back. And like I said, I told people, like, once I, I'm cleared and I know, okay, I'm ready to, to hopefully get a meeting and hopefully get to be able to talk with Tony and everything. If that's one of the things, look, I would like you, you know, there's these three things I think we need to address before we, I go, great, let's go ahead and address them and let's take care of it with that. And like, I'm more than on board with any of that. Because I, I think the common goal of wanting wrestling to be better and to move in a positive direction and, and like maturing and you can only hold on to the, I, I don't hold on to that stuff. I think fans hold on to that stuff a lot more. When, yeah. When they if that's your argument against me is something from 2014 that you don't even have all the facts on. It's like you're just reaching and or 13 trying to hold on to something 10 years ago with it. So it's not going to stop anything. Okay, there's uh, the the other thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, that that uh, what's his name Stephen Carrier? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, before I found out who this dude was and I found out what kind of person he was, I had seen his Ringside News uh, articles pop up from time to time, and I would I would read the headlines and I'd be like, "This is the this is the stupidest fucking headline ever." I don't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember. could have been any of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you hear about the thing that happened between uh, him and Paige earlier this year? No, I, so I don't know the details. I never. I just knew that that place w was running fake news on me and putting fake opinions. And, oh, and but I, I, I'd heard he had a couple meltdowns because he just had another he one. Saying, that, he was saying some really crazy shit on uh, Twitter. Yeah, he was having a meltdown on Twitter over something that yeah. Paige said to him, and uh, he claimed that her her brother was raping people. And that Chris, and then for some reason he brought he brought Chris Jericho into it and said Chris Jericho was having an affair. The guy's a mess. I can just tell you he's a drunken mess. He has no business. Yeah. He's hiding an obsessed Mark fan page, but and he he disguises it as I, as ringside news, and it, it's anything but. I see some people who who are like who like don't buy into his shit, and then I see other people who are like like Chase. The Chase guy buys into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see people like like Chase or whoever, and uh, they they take his uh, they take his news like it's like like it's like he's a credible source. I I, I looked at his um, personal Twitter account the other uh, yesterday, and he said something like uh, people I, people close to WWE say that LA Knight is very popular. And I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck do you know? How the fuck would you know this? He doesn't. He's He's the furthest away from the wrestling industry, and he's never going to be. This is a guy, he will not, 
it, it will be a huge mistake if he has ever given media credentials to get in any of the backstage or anything. He needs this is why I'm raising awareness on this. I think a lot of other people are afraid to do what I'm doing because they're afraid of the backlash. Because what these people do is they get mad because I get they've been blocked. And what Steve, I could tell you with him with me, he probably was a huge Ryback fan. And then he ran, he did something, and I blocked him many years ago. And then that hurt him even more and he oh, got obsessed. So he's Jeez. if you want, they've written more negative articles about me than anybody with that. Dude, yeah, well, and so, but this is what they do with that, and they go like these people. They're just so far from reality and what's really going on with it. But like these people, like it, they're a mess, man. I don't know what else to tell people. They're not, they're not true journalists or media people. They're using all the men and women in this and to, to make money and get clickbaits and just to try to get by it. But the talents are afraid to often fight these things because they're afraid that these people are going to do it more and more. I've already read all the worst things in the world about me and I've already survived all of it, even being suppressed. And I'm like, no, we're going to raise awareness and we need to, we need to shut this shit down because the wrestling community needs to be better and more positive. These are the people bringing everything down because there's good fans that read this and get caught up in it and they don't realize fully. And then, so we need to raise more awareness and let people understand, stay away from these trash sites. I can, I can literally tell you guys what to look for in them with that. And you could start spotting these things out. Like I tell you of where they infuse a negative thing or take a snippet to try to create their headline, to get you just to feel a negative way to leave a negative, hateful comment to benefit them and nobody else. And all it's doing is it's hurting wrestling and making things worse for everybody that are involved. Like these places need to have more love and respect for the talent that are doing this, but they don't because they're insecure because they can never do it. So they're not truly fans. They're just very hateful, just, just negative, just hate filled souls that are just trying to get back at everybody that's doing what they can. Yeah. I've never really like took in the, the hook and bait with those, uh, with those clickbait titles. I've never really bought into them. I've always, I've always, read fucking shitty articles like that and yeah. i'm like yeah right but uh but if you didn't know but if you like if i didn't have a podcast or say i just say that i wasn't doing the things that i was doing and you didn't have a way to listen to, to where you could form your own opinion you would not know for sure you might you might deep down you might go man maybe ryback is a piece of shit you know but that's what they, these people probably then there's a lot of people that think that because of people like that Stephen guy yeah and that's what they do. People like Chase. There's a lot of people out there. The Steve is the same way. This is gonna. This is gonna. This is gonna sound kind of harsh, but I think that the uh, wrestling community would be a lot better without people like Stephen and Stephen himself. I think. I think, I think everyone would agree that knows I I, these people don't. If they don't, they don't. They're not in this for the right reasons. They're not trying to have positive relationships with the talents and report. If they just reported the facts. And they had, and they actually cared about the wrestlers and where they go before they put a piece out. They go, is this possibly going to hurt this person putting this out in this way? If they actually asked and did the right thing from an integrity and, and moral standpoint, they would put out. They would see their business actually improve with it, and they would get. They would. What would happen is they would start getting invited to things. Talents would be willing to share more information with them. It, there would be a better relationship between the wrestling media right, and the rest. Right, yeah. But instead, yeah. they, there's this huge gap because of people like him. Yeah, I think uh, Dave Meltzer used to have either a connection with Eric Bischoff or Vince McMahon. And I think it was Eric Bischoff. And then when Eric Bischoff uh, found out all the stupid shit that he was writing about him, he was like, "Why? Well, why? Why do I? Why should I give you the privilege of coming backstage and interviewing my wrestlers when you're fucking? Yep. You're you're 
shit-talking me. And there, you know, he, Meltzer's the one that originally started this, that he got popular off of this, and, and yeah. he's now we've seen that has inspired all these other people to go that route, where instead of actually respecting, they, there's a jealousy and insecurity. Dave really, really was the one that started that, the more you learn about things. I'm, I'm telling was you. He, was he like the original, original dirt sheet? I don't know if he was the original, but he he was the original. They got the most popular with the, yeah. where uh, and doing that format and putting out lies. And you hear the old school guys talk about it. And I could tell you from my experience, Dave has put out lie after lie of things that are not true. The big one, I remember I told you guys in 2012 saying Brock Lesnar beat me up backstage. Never even happened with it. It just he made it up to get headlines or to get news or to try to hurt my character or to get people to think a certain way. And not are never. You What's that? Are you, are you friends with that Conrad? We know we, we follow each other. I've talked to him. I've done, uh, he's been on my show One years things, ago. I really, I really, really like his shows, but the only thing I don't like about the show is every five minutes he has to say, according to Dave Meltzer, yeah. according to Dave Meltzer. Well, they do. You got to understand that because that Dave inspires, they, they get a lot of probably, unfortunately, he, like I said, Dave is well known in the wrestling for the, and he does report certain things that are true. And he intertwines it with creating drama and controversy on making fake news with it. But they, they it gives it gives them a lot of talking points. So you know, I think it's best if we none of us talk about it. But I think we, it, and I, what I'm trying to do is raise awareness of why things are the way that they are in the in the wrestling media world and why these people are doing the things they're doing. It does stem from a lot of the way that he did it. Conrad's a great guy from everything I've known, and. and I always got along well with him and he's done fantastic on all the shows and he, hell, how he balances out doing a million shows every week. I don't know. Oh yeah. That's crazy. But he, uh, you know, he has a, he has a great voice and he, he has a great insight from a fan standpoint. But he's got a lot of people helping him out. Oh, absolutely. And he has his, his business and he's done very well for himself with everything, but he, you know, he, he gives great insight from a fan standpoint, but also being, you know, he's around all the guys so he he gives he has a very unique perspective on things where it's kind of in between of being a fan and kind of being connected to the business in a way. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'd like to see that Stephen Carrier guy like taken out financially. I think you, I think you and Paige and so many other people could fucking sue his ass and fucking. Oh, we've already. Uh, yeah, don't don't worry. I'd yeah, there's. That. I can. I've I'd already love put. To see that company shut down. I don't think he has anything to take, quite frankly, but they they do. He, he probably would just get wiped out and try to come back with something else. People like that are batshit crazy, but it's in a, we, we're on the right track. And the best thing people can do is to block them and not go to their site. And that that's how you hurt him. That's the way that you and don't support. The, by clicking on the things, even if you know that it's bullshit, uh, you're helping them. I'd rather talk shit to him than block him. Yeah, but, but, but don't look. If you look at the things on him, it helps him by clicking on his stuff. With that, oh, yeah, that's right. that's the problem is and like people that's where you got it. We got it. We got it. OK, I'm not going to click on that shit. So, yeah, no, I, no, I, never, I don't. I never click on that stuff because I'm, I'm aware that the clicks is what they want. Good deal. Well, brother, you're welcome on anytime. You had some great questions and I appreciate you here. All right. dude. Thanks. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to me. Uh, talk to you another time. Probably. You got Maybe. it. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Good deal, good deal. I want to get Joey on here real quick. Joey, I see he's been on, new caller. Hello. Hello, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing, sir? I'm well, thank you. What's on your mind? Well, a couple things. Uh, Earlier you mentioned uh, Arn Anderson, and he's always been 
one of my favorite wrestlers since way back in the 80s. I'm I'm 40, and I was watching him when I was four or five years old and always, always liked him. And I've always heard that he was a really good producer, and I just wanted to uh, find out if uh, what your experiences were with Arn and how you interacted with him and, you know, what, you know, producing he done with you. Great relationship with him. He, 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 uh, he was with me during a lot of my matches when I was with red hot. He was, uh, he, he was, he played a big part in all of that. And he, uh, he's, I could tell you, he's very good at relaying what the company, what Vince wants. And, and so he, he's in when things he knew, like when things were getting weird with me, he would, he would, he would be able to pull me aside and he goes, I know there's other stuff going on that, that, that he would let me know that he knew what was going on. And where there were certain things he goes, you know, that things aren't necessarily, you know, right with what's going. And he's like, but this is, this is what they, they have you doing. And like, he, he just has, has a way of knowing how to communicate where you're able to at least go out there and get the business done that needs to be done where nobody's going to lose their job. And, and where he can essentially and keeps his job, and but he's very honest, and he, in the, he, he's, I have all the respect in the world for him. He's one of my favorite producers. With that, he, but he lets you go out there also and be you. But he knows how to, he knows when to give advice, and he when he knows he knows when to go out there to let you go out there and to let you learn as well, if that makes sense. And I, I think it, it, he was with Cena. I know when when he talked about that prior. He was on uh, with the rise of Cena and, and played a big role in helping him where he's able, like I could tell you, and to give you an example, like with me, when I had to go out there and, and, and beat some of the talents in a, in a pretty quick period of time, you know, and pretty have, have some names behind them and, and value. He knows how to relay the message to them that, look, this is Ryback's night. This is what we need to do. We're, we're really behind him right now. This we, we're, 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 we're pushing him, and this is, this isn't going to go unnoticed. He knows how to make you feel good in going out and doing your job, regardless of winning or losing. And I think gotcha. he, I would say he's probably the best at it of all the producers. He takes That's the time. Yeah. He takes the time so that in because let me tell you, when you don't take the time on that, what can happen is is then guys if because he keeps communication open with it. So if you have any problems, you could you could tell him, and then he could process that, and he can kind of work out the problems. Whereas other ones that don't do that, then if those problems then go into the match and then there's a shitty match or the match isn't exactly what Vince wanted, then who's going to be called? The first person that's going to be put on the line is, is Arn or the producer. And so Arn was very good at making sure that those problems never got back and that everything was handled prior to going out there. Business was done. And then if talents had any issues, they could go to Vince and have any conversation with their, their character or their creative or things like that. That that wasn't in his line. That wasn't in his 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 window of, of things he had to address. For he took care of that night and what needed to be done that night and what Vince wanted that night better than probably anyone. Awesome, sounds good. Yeah, I've always heard great things. And one thing I I remember listening on his podcasts is that he emphasized that you know with everybody, you know sometimes you know tonight's not your night. That yep. Was, you know, a quote that he, he used a lot. And, and you have his respect. He's so respected. And he what he does is he 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 gives respect. And you and you when he gives you respect and it's Arn Anderson, you, you have to be a real piece of shit not to give that back. And so he's oh, just right. very good at like at communicating, like I said, and uh and, and obviously 
and two in, in his role in pro wrestling. And he's so respected by everybody with that. He just knows how to relay like what, in what your job is for the night and, you know, and, and, and just eliminating any problems before they get too big. Right. Yeah. I think he helps the guys understand and girls that, you know, it's all a giant wheel and you're one spoke of the wheel and to, you know, you're part of keeping it going and don't be the wheel. Yep. Yeah. And that's what it is. And it's just like, but he's just, he's great. He's great at giving insight. He has great ideas. He has great suggestions. He understands that he understood my character and what I was doing. And he knew uh, when to give little pieces of advice for different things that would help the match. And, and, you know, he's too, he, he's, he's not afraid to give out compliments. And I, I remember um, working Kofi Kingston when I turned heel on a live event and we went out there and we went like 20, 25 minutes. And, uh, and we, we had a really, really, really nice match. And Arn and Arn just came over and sat by me after I was watching the, the matches on the monitor after. And he, he just, he, he just, he just, he let me, he goes, I got to tell you, he goes, I didn't, he goes, I knew you were always in shape and I know you never had any issues like with your breathing or wind. Like he, he goes, you have a hell of a gas tank on you. Like cardio wise, he goes, the, yeah. the pace, he goes, you go, he goes, he goes, Matt, he goes, it's a fucking, he goes, you're 290. He goes, that's fucking impressive. Cause me and Cole, I was just, I could, this is a lot of people don't know that. Cause on TV, if I do shorter matches, but like Arn, I appreciate that. Cause I put a lot of work into my cardio, doing a lot of burpees every day. And so he just appreciate, he's not afraid to give a compliment for people that work harder that are doing good. And like that motivates you, even if things aren't like you maybe creatively aren't going in the direction that you want them to go. And he knows how to kind of, he, man, he's, he's just a fucking plus in the, in the pro wrestling industry. Like he's a guy you want around. That That's it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I think that's all I had other than you mentioned Conrad earlier. Um, I dealt with him a while back, actually getting a mortgage on my house and I ended up not going with him, but he spent a lot of time going back and forth with me, giving me advice on personal financing and just wanted to reiterate with you that he's a good guy. You know, a lot of people I've heard, you know, and seen give him shit, but he's a good dude. No, I agree. I've heard good things about people that have, and then I've seen the tweets of people that have done business with him. And I think that speaks volumes that even though you didn't go with them, you still had a good experience and that that's awesome, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's all I've got. I appreciate you clicking on me and giving me your time. Thank you. You're welcome, Joey. You're welcome on any time, and you have a good one, and be safe. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. All right. Oh, it looks like we uh, we have a special guest here joining in today. It looks like it may be time uh, for Brawler's Corner, a little story time with the Brooklyn Brawler. What do we got? What do we got going on today? Hello, hello. Can you hear me right back? I can hear you. How you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm getting hooked on your show big time. Ah, getting Brawler approved. I will take it. Thank you very much. Are you ready for Brawler's Corner? I am. I think I think everybody's been waiting. I saw you in here. I go, I got to get him on. Okay, this is a good one now. What do we got today? Now, whose favorite arena is it to wrestle in? Madison Square Garden is the one I hear the most often. Okay. My goal in life was to wrestle in Madison Square Garden just one time. Do you know how many times I wrestled in Madison Square Garden? I looked through all my records. I don't know, but I bet you it's it's more than a lot of people. 52. 52? 
in 32 years. Wow. Is that, do you, that has, is that the most in pro wrestling? I don't know. I don't care. I have no ego, but listen to this one. One of the events, at the events, there was a battle royal. Now, the battle royal, I was one of the participants. I was going to be thrown out like five or six or seven or whatever it is. Ken Shemrock was scheduled to go over. Okay. Now, Ken Shemrock had a match earlier. He hurt his sternum. He could not wrestle. So all the agents, they call them producers today, and I followed right behind them. We went into Vince's room. They said, Ken Shemrock cannot go over in the Battle Royal because he's injured. Vince looks up, looks at me, and says, put the Brooklyn Brawler over because he's local. Now, he forgot and didn't think of that he advertised the winner of the Battle Royal wrestles the World Wrestling Federation champion in the next garden show oh wow i remembered <laughs> I, I didn't say a word now maybe i did wrong i didn't say one word i just said yes sir anything you want i went out there i beat everyone everyone flew for me i was the last one i win the battle royal in my hometown of Madison square garden i come back i remember i went up to jack lanzer i said jack do you realize what they advertise I said, they advertised that I would wrestle the World Wrestling Federation champion. He goes, you'll never get your match in a million years. You'll never get it. <laughs> so here it goes. The big knock on Vince's door. Vince, I had no idea. I didn't realize it. But you advertised that the winner of the Battle Royal wrestles the World Wrestling Championship. Champion, he said. He looks up at me, the same thing, always took his little squid disc, put it at the tip of his nose. He looks up at me and says, you got your match. <laughs> Wait, so did he actually honor this? Let me, let me finish now. So now it's Bret Hart is the world champion. So I go up to Bret. I say, Bret, I'm scheduled to wrestle you in Madison Square Garden because I just won the Battle Royal. He was fine with it. He says, no problem at all. It'll be my honor. So the next Garden show was two sh two months uh, uh, two months in the forward. So in other words, it was one month gap. So in that one month gap was the Montreal screw job. Now the Montreal screw job, we all know what happened. Yep. So now Shawn Michaels became the World Wrestling Federation champion. Now I said to myself, I am screwed because Shawn Michaels is not the same Shawn Michaels of today. Back then, he was a you know he was very vengeful. You know, you know vengeful. Yeah, man. yeah, we've heard. Yeah, different he person. Would, he would agree to it. He would agree to it. And uh, I said he's not going to do it. He's going to make a big deal out of it. He's not going to want to wrestle me in the garden. He's not gonna. So I'm at, so I'm I'm in the bar with Arnold Scoven. I'm drinking. Arnold turns and and Shawn's in there with uh, Nash and all these people and. And Arnold turns to Sean and he goes, hey, Sean, you know, you're wrestling in the next Garden show? He goes, who? He goes, the guy's sitting right next to me. I said, I'm fucking done. Sean turns to me and goes, can you super kick? Can you leapfrog? Oh, my God, this is great. He goes, I can't wait. He goes, we're going to tear it up. I said, holy shit. 
all of a sudden he was a hundred percent for it. So I wrestled Shawn Michaels in Madison Square Garden, completely sold out with my entire family in the building. And if you pull that match, you're going to be shocked. He was kicking out on two and a half. He made me look like a million dollars. But the beauty of the whole match was it was the first time DX was originated and Hunter and China were on the apron or on the outside where they came up to the apron. So Sean's taking bumps for me. I mean, throw him to the corner, do that thing you do. He fought, he, he flops on his stomach, yep. kick him. He, he ball shots him on the top rope. I shake the rope. He jumps over. I clothesline him. Beat the shit out of him. He's kicking out on two and a half. He's going fucking crazy. And uh, my family's freaking out. The garden's freaking out. The garden's saying there's going to be a screw job here. Not, not a screw job. It's going to be a shocker here. They're going to drop this, the title to the Brooklyn Brawler. That's what the whole garden felt this. You never heard the story? Before? No, not, so you were essentially the first match for D-Generation X, which makes sense at Madison Square Garden because Vince would try things there, right? Of like right. let people be together to see if an idea works there. You know what the funny part is? When, when, the, when the paper went on the wall and I was the main event with Shawn Michaels, Undertaker walks in, he looks at me and Shawn Michaels on top and he goes, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I said, I got, hey, Mark, I got nothing to do with it. It's not me. It's just the way the cards, the cards fell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we had the match. And then if you look at the match, right before the finish, China gives me a Frankenstein. And I don't like to say that on a karate bullshit. I don't like to say it wrong. But you know the move. Yeah. She almost killed me. She spiked me. She never did it before. She wanted to do it for the first time on me. She did it on me, and she almost killed me. She spiked me, but I didn't get hurt. So as soon as I got up from that, Sean super kicked me. One, two, three. He went over, but I can honestly say I wrestled in Madison Square Garden for the WWF World Championship. Now, is that a story? That's a great story. You And people are telling me in the chat that this is on YouTube. Yeah, you can get it. You can get it on YouTube. And when you see the when, uh, the move China did, you go, holy fuck, I'm surprised he's not crippled. I'm going to watch this. That's, I, Brawler, this, that's a fantastic story. I You so figured in. that. What a great thing that Vince honored that for you and let you have that moment. Like, that's the kind of thing to have that moment with your family that you'll remember forever. Oh, my God. And then my sister-in-law runs down to the front row. And she goes, I'm his sister. I'm his sister. She wanted me to take her in the ring. You know what I mean? But yeah. I do if it was my real sister and she came down, I would have took her in. You should have had her get in and then take another super kick. Yeah. No, 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 they were already gone. They were already gone. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, give you your moment in there. Holy shit. The pop was insane. You, I'm telling you, I served when I, in Brooklyn when you came back, when we did that match that I posted, you, the reception to you was fantastic. People love you there, man. Yeah, but the Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that was great. I love that. But I mean, you were, you hadn't been on TV regularly in forever for them to remember you. So that's where you never have been forgotten. I think that's a testament to your career. Oh, to this day, I'm completely forgotten if I wrestle my brother. No, your your name is, is goes all the way back to those times when everybody talks about you know Hogan and, and Macho Warrior Undertaker and Brooklyn Brawler. Like you know, though that name, you like nobody. You were such a you were figured in in that period. Well, I. It, I was I was still in the pre-tape room and I was doing interviews. So you know what the whole deal is? The underdog always gets the big shots. 
Yeah. It, and I always give, it, give an analogy, the Rocky movie. They put Clubber, uh, what was his name at the top? top Mr. T, yeah. They, they put him against Sylvester Stallone because he was an underdog. Yep. They wanted the win for Mr. T. They're not going to put Mr. T against the top guy. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. The underdog always gets the big wins. Like I beat Triple H. Did you know that? I didn't. What year was that? Was that when he was uh, getting punished and taking that slop from Henry Godwin all the time after the the the? Well, he was getting he was getting punished, and, uh, and uh, Mick Foley was the GM, and he said to he said to Hunter, "I am going to put you in a position in a handicap match, and you are going to wrestle the way I say." So he's in the ring with Stephanie. I'm giving two stories now. He's given the ring with Stephanie, and then he, and then out comes Kyanti. He's laughing. He's giving that little smirk. A little laugh, and then uh, and then he thinks that's the only two he's wrestling. Then all of a sudden the music hits, and then I come out. The Brooklyn Brawlers comes out, and then uh, and then he laughs like like oh this is bullshit, this is nothing, you know. And then he was working an angle with Chris Jericho, and uh, so he he gives the uh, he gives the pedigree to both Kai and Ties. You know, he sold for me. He gave me some, he took a little bump. He took a neck breaker off of me. He did a few little things with me. He goes to give me the uh, the uh, pedigree and Jericho runs in and gives him a bulldog. After he gave him the bulldog, I covered him. One, two, three. And all I heard was Michael Cole. I can't believe it. The Brooklyn Ball of Triple H. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> that, happened in, that happened in Florida. Oh, wow. I did not know that. And then when he went back, he said, uh, yeah, but you need a Chris Jericho. I says, yeah, you need a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told him. But, but I'm telling you, I had a lot of moments in my life like that. You, know? you do. And that, that these things, it's so cool now with like social media things that before they, 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 all these videos can resurface and, and show up on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or Twitter and, and people can relive. I see it happens all the time. Yeah, but when you look at the match, you can say, oh, my God, I was moving so crisp. <laughs> with, uh, with Sean and, I, and it was crazy because I I, I, uh, I grabbed the headlock Sean threw me in he leapfrogged me he goes for another leapfrog I put the brakes on I punch him in the face he takes a bump I turn around Hunter hits the apron I punch him in the face he takes the bump for me they go and they re they regroup outside I take the head I give him the double dial, uh, the, the double head knocking knocker there yeah. yeah I gave him that they sold their ass off for me you know what I mean so people were really believing I was going to slide over you that's know? what it's all about. Yeah, that's what it's all. That's what people don't get. You know what I mean? But uh, at that moment, people forget it's the Brooklyn Brawler. They just think we hate uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, the guy is the most talented guy I was ever in the ring with. Really? He's insane. You just throw him to the corner and say, "Do that thing you do." That's what you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's bumping for me. He's leapfrogging. He's uh, and Hunter to get on the apron and. And let me pop him and take a bump on, take a bump. I mean, shit like that. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. I'm a little different from all your other listeners. Instead of asking questions, I give you old stories. No, I, that's, it's becoming the favorite part of the show now. Here, this is. Uh... I, hope, I hope so because they're all true and they're not embellished at all. And if you can look at it, I got evidence. I got evidence. The only thing I don't like is the thing China did to me because she almost killed me. Yeah, but you're just being honest. You didn't say that's not that's not saying anything bad about her. It's just the move went no, wrong. No, yeah, I'm not knocking her. I'm not knocking her, but you wanted to try. That says it. But at least you were willing to you to go out there and help and do something. A lot of people might have said no to that. So, right. I don't know what happened.
I don't know what happened, but I just spiked. Yeah, those kinds of things, it's all timing on that. If, if yeah. you, you've got to, everyone has to be all on board. It's, those are the kinds of things, like these days, if that's going to happen, you've never done it. You'd get a crash pad and practice it, you right. know. But during then, you probably just went out and just said, fuck it, let's just go see. And, oh, we just did it. We yeah. There was, no, there was no scripts back then. No, that, I wish I missed, I, I wish I could have wrestled that period. That that always. Roddy Piper came in, and he comes up to me, and he goes, if you got any power at all, he goes, take away my script. I says, Roddy, I don't have that kind of power. <laughs> I, I mean, I love that. Because you know what? If you let Roddy loose, he can tear the house down just by, just by. Uh, oh, yeah. But if you give him a script, he's average. Well, that's what all the old school everyone's when they come back and they would see the way things are. They all had, they all said the same thing. I know it's insane. It's insane. And I did, I tell you, I did honor everyone. I, I followed everyone that I, that I put Ryback's show on here. Yeah, I know everyone was saying that you followed. So thank you because uh, Brawler Real on here with two R's for everybody. And then you follow, you follow the people back that follow you, right? From say the Ryback show. It, only if they if they plug a ride, if they say Ryback show, and I'm gonna get a hundred Ryback shows. <laughs> yeah, if you guys follow Brooklyn Brawler Brawler Real on Twitter here and say you're from the Ryback show, he follows you back. We're getting Brawler. We, I want Brawler to be one of the most followed pro wrestlers on Twitter. I know, but you know what happens? My followers go up like a hundred right after your show. Really, mine continue. I've lost Brawler. You know, I've lost since 2016. I went from 1.7 million on Twitter. I'm now at 1.35. I know. I think it's Elon Musk. I think he's doing something. I don't know what the hell. I lose followers every day, and I no matter what. And it's it, TikTok's the same thing. I was behind. I was three point six million on there. Um, the only person ahead of me at the time in wrestling was The Rock, and since then, they, my account started losing followers randomly. And yeah. the uh, Cena has since surpassed me on there. But I've been I've been losing followers on TikTok for like three four months now. I know. I, I, it's I, fucking I, crazy. I don't understand any of it. It's a rule they got out now. If you're a verified guy, you can only scroll down 6,000 times. And if you're, uh, you know, you made some kind of new rule up. Yeah, so I don't know what the hell's. I'm not on there enough to, it hasn't affected me, but it's 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 insane. Not a, not a guy from Facebook. He put out like a. Uh, Threads, yeah. I was just talking. I just got another account to waste time on now. Yeah, I'm not going to go on that account. I'm not I made it. I'm not. It, it, it's. I, I'm curious to see how it does over time. People will go because it's a hot ticket. But right. we'll see if I it did, if it holds any steam. I think they're building an angle for that match that they want to have, which Elon Musk's mother came on and she said, I don't want him to have it. And, I, and I'm telling you right now, I'm doing this just because if he decides to do it, I said no. But uh, Dana White said it's going to be the biggest draw you ever seen. I think it'll be a big draw, but I think it'll be a horrible match. Oh, yeah, they're going to have to put a strong undercard on that, too. I hope they – I'm curious to see what they have when they put that whole card together. They, they should try to make that a whole big event. I, I, I'm telling you, though, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, it's, it's like on, it's off, it's on, it's they, off. They, they, well, Elon's posting photos training, so with, with uh, George St. Pierre and, and with a few other professionals. So I go – Clearly, something might be in the works. We'll have to see if they go through or not. He's a lot of he's a lot bigger than the other guy. Yeah, yeah. He has Elon has a movie called The Walrus. He just lies on the guy. He, he's going to play up that weight advantage. He's, he's. We'll have to see what what uh what what weight it's going to be. It's clearly going to be open, I guess. Just an open weight division. Just uh. Are just, they going to wear boxing gloves? I don't know. I I hope not. I hope it's full MMA. I hope I hope right. Elon comes out and, and throwing leg kicks and. Zuckerberg's going to try to get him in some sort of choke. I, it, it's. 
apparently the Facebook guy, he, he's got jujitsu background. Yeah, yeah, he looks like a snake, though. That's I could see that. Hey, the, the day of the big guy beating the little guy is over because it's all leverage. Yeah. Like I tell people, it takes five pounds. I dislocated my elbow in the ring. It takes five pounds to take your elbow out. Yeah. And joints are joints on everyone. I could take someone's shoulder out in three seconds. I believe it. But you're pretty strong, though, brawler. Still, no, it's got nothing to do with strength. Oh, I know, you know, I know. I've done, the, I've done the the, the jujitsu and Muay Thai. Everything, all jujitsu, all that is 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 the angles and, and manipulation and and technique. Oh, it's the guy's the guy in a bar. It's like thirty years ago. I wouldn't do it today. He's coming up. He comes up to me. Right, wrestling's fake. Wrestling's fake. Oh yeah, it's fake. And all I kept saying in my mind to myself is, get a little closer. Get a little closer. Get close. He's almost nose to nose with me. All I did was tuck my right arm underneath his arm, use his arm as a lever, level a leverage against my neck, and then pull down on the shoulder. Then he pulls. He tries to pull it out. He pulls his own shoulder out. Jeez. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Then I, then I say, continue the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. You can't do it today. I, I mean, no, I no. You clearly can't do that today. Anyone, I don't encourage anyone to don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. That's what I say. But uh, I just think it's really cool that I'm the only one to don't ask a right back question. No, yeah, I'm here to let you speak, brawler. On this, it's with people. I, I speak enough during this show, so the floor is always yours when you're here. No, but I'm just saying it's uh, the stories, and I'm holding back because I got at least 50 more. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not even afraid. I know that you're always going to have, I know you, you've got so many stories, so I'm. Insane, but I hope that one was up to par. I, I, I loved it. Brawler, I, I am for this anytime you want to come on. I thank you. People love this. No, I get it. I just don't want to oversaturate my uh, presence, you know. Yeah, no, I understand. Everyone go follow Brooklyn Brawler on Twitter, though. Brawler Real with two R's on there. And say you're from the Ryback Show. He will follow back. And Brawler will be back Monday. I hope you have a good weekend. And, All right, you too. And thank you again for everything. And I, and I retweeted that, that match of ours, you know. And the first thing I said to myself was, man, I could relate those elbows in a little strong. I, you know what? I, I watched it back. You want to know what I said to myself? No. I, when after I said, I go, I, cause I know better. I was pissed that I didn't sell my face more after I thought that I know, I, I know sold him a bit when I went back. I actually cringed after I watched where I, in, I, I didn't, I didn't register all those forearms enough. There were a couple points I could have done that me now knowing what I would have, I would have done a little different. And just just to put them over a little more, so it's funny how you watch something back right, and right. we you know because we have that knowledge. But what made it was when you went to one day. Yeah, one day. and the people, yeah. it's hard. That audio, that it was filmed on a fucking potato camera. That thing, the I, I got it. That was the only one that was online. The uh, I go, the cameras were waiting. Somebody, whoever put that up, the quality wasn't as good, but the crowd right. was really loud on that. And and that's how it, it's. It, it was just, it was cool, man. I can't thank you enough. I'm glad that I got to do that. To be no, in the I ring with you. you I can't thank you enough because you didn't have to do that. But, but uh, every, you know, everything's good. Everything's positive. Everything's great. I trained today. I did buys, tries. And I, I don't know if I'm doing right. You know that crunch machine where you grab the ropes? and you, Yeah, yeah. I do 200 of them at 60 without stopping. That's incredible. Full movement without stopping. All the way back, all the way down. But the only way I'm going to get abs is if I drop weight. Right. I got, I got like little shadows. Yeah. You want to know what's really helped me brawler. I I talk about this on here a bit. I've, I've tried to eliminate, I, I, I don't care about the weight anymore. I care about eliminating cheating. So I try not because we don't even realize it. 
because sometimes we get stuck stuck in our head that we we need to be lifting a certain number where we take away the concentration of letting the weight like even on bicep curls i i I dropped down on the weight until i really got an understanding of this i i because even if I grab a 50 pound dumbbell and that there's, there's a little bit of cheating in there, even if you don't realize it, where if you drop the weight down though, and you just let the bicep curl up and you, you take away any little rocking, I've tried to do that on everything and I've done it on my abs and I've noticed improvements in my muscular development and my your strength will actually start coming back. But in the actual muscles that you're training and not just with the momentum of the weight, it's one of the best things. And I think it's going to be the key to me staying healthy longer as I get older because I'm not married to the weight anymore. I'm married to the actual feeling and the result of the muscle working. Abs are the same thing. We can. It's very easy to cheat the initial movement, but if you get those ropes and you you get you're on your knees and you're going to crunch down, you got to take away all. You got to you got to get to where the tension is there to begin with, and literally right. just use your abs to squeeze all the way beginning and all the way back. And if you do right. that, you're going to actually you might only do 12 or 15 reps, but your stomach is going to be on fire. And you're going to notice your muscular development. Whereas when you do that, you might start rocking. And I used to do this and you're going through the movement, but you're not going through the movement from beginning to end. You're eliminating the, the beginning part of the movement of that contraction that the muscle needs to be the moving the weight, not the body weight or not getting a little cheating in there. So I think if you, if you like, if you just try to do that, it's going to help a little bit on the muscular development to, to help. And again, it comes down to losing body fat and calories, but you can increase your muscular development actually better right. doing that. Well, I'm more veiny and uh, low body fat. I'm only 205. You look great, your brother. You've always, you've never let yourself go one bit. Right. But the only problem is my wife keeps me chocolate chip ice cream at night. That's, well, that's one of the, you guys have been together 39 years, though, so it's, you know, but no, she's eating. That, that's one of the compromises that you've, you've made. Yeah, you know, but if you did it, you might be you might be single, you know, in living in Vegas and you know, going to the strip clubs every night. And you know, that's one of the compromises you made to stay together. You, your body, you you stay in shape, but your ab development might be not as good as it could be because of those the desserts. So right. But you've you've got other things that other people don't have. Well, I know is they told me I, I work at the bullshit gym, Platter Fitness, which you probably don't condone. <laughs> I've been to them. I've been because you work heavy sometimes, but but uh, they say I'm the, I got the best body in the whole gym. That's what everybody tells me in there. Shout out to Planet Fitness. Shout out to Planet, <laughs> I go to Planet Fitness. Nothing wrong with that at all, Brawler. They're, they're one of the more popular gyms now. I know. Like 10 bucks a month and uh, like $27 once a year or some shit. I like just that. wish they had more fucking free weights and I wish they had like a sauna in there. I would. I would. There's a nice one by me. If they had a sauna, I'd go to it. They don't though. So I'm like, eh. And the mirrors are limited too. Yeah, they have, they 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 do have. A, they're great for machines, though. I just wish they had a few more free weight options and a little heavier dumbbells and whatnot. But it, it's not honestly. You could still get a great workout there. I, I get a great workout. I do twenty five reps. Twenty five reps with everything. I try to reach a thousand reps in thirty minutes. That's incredible, man. That's. I mean, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to stay alive, man. I want my heart to be healthy. My blood work is excellent. That's good. You stay on top of all that stuff. I do the same every year. I go, you got, you got it. The older we get, the more you got to check that stuff. You can't, that way you can, you, you can nip it in the butt. If there is something going on, you, rather than it before most guys don't and they ignore the symptoms and then they, that's when the heart attack hits. Whereas if you get the stuff done regularly, the odds of, of catching it early are, are so much better in your favor that you're doing it all the right way. 
I'm doing it the right way, and I'm trying to teach these kids when I go to, like, I'm going to Charleston, West Virginia on the 21st, and they have wrestling matches there, and these kids, they're in there rehearsing, they're doing this, they're doing that. I told them, spot one, spot two, spot three, what does spot one don't work? I says, you got to listen to the people. And I says, and this is what I tell them, I says, my motto is, be humble or you're going to stumble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. These, these kids don't get it today. Well, it's the two with the, the planning. The, the key is in all of that, and Vince always used to have that on the on the walls, and we were taught this in developmental, act and react. And it's okay to have the spots and plan stuff, but you got to learn how to work in between. You've got to learn how to work on the fly too, and you've got to know that if something goes wrong, that you you just got to you got to you got to actually acknowledge what went wrong, and then you got to be able to work on the fly to then get back on track at some point, rather than just like ignore that it happened and freak out and try to go right to the next spot or redo it. You know, if, if you do, if somebody does something and the guy, you, you, you go for a, a leapfrog and the guy hits you and he, he wasn't supposed to hit you and he stumbles and falls down, grab your fucking leg and sell your leg and let the guy get some heat on it and work around. And eventually you're going to find an organic way to get back on track with that or whatnot, where sometimes something like that will happen and people will, will freak out. And it's just part of the learning process. And, but you got to, that, I think you got to, we always had to work on the fly and developmental in case for things like that, where sometimes I think, and if you just if you go straight to the independence or you're learning and you just plan everything out, that you you don't have that experience of working on the fly, it makes you a much better overall worker. And it it could be scary and not doing it at first, but once you start doing it, it actually makes it more fun. And you'll find then you actually can balance out your matches of planning some things and then letting other things just kind of happen, and it's a lot more fun. I totally agree. And let's not bore all listeners now because. I mean, we're in a different league, you know what I mean? Because we've done it, and you cannot teach experience. Nope. That, you have to undergo it. Yep. And that's where I think it's good to just be, I try to do, like not be judgmental, and everyone, we've all been young and, and not, right. you know, and you know, we just try to, I always say that with the other podcasters, rather than shitting on everything, you know, it'd be better if, you know, if you say, okay, I didn't like that, but give them the solution and not, like, not take shots at everybody, that I think it would make the business a lot better. Always great to be on your show, Dryback. Always, Brawler, and thank you. You have I a great mean, weekend. I mean, I'm going to come up with stories that you're going to freak out at. I can't. Well, I'm literally, I mean, I'm going to have questions, so I, I'm looking forward to this more and more. But I think this one did all right, this story. We'll see. Everyone give your feedback on Twitter, what you thought of Brawler's stories on a scale of 1 to 10 today. We're going to we're gonna rate the stories, Brawler, so we can get some feedback on these. Okay, sounds good. All right, brother. We'll take You take care. <laughs> okay, take care. Bye-bye. Brooklyn Brawler, ladies and gentlemen. Big fan of the Ryback Show, the People's Podcast. I absolutely love this. is my favorite part of the show when he comes on. I'm going to look up. I can't wait. Go look up everybody, the U, the YouTube HBK versus Brooklyn Brawler. I want to, I want to, I'm going to have to go look that one up. I like it when I get these other things. I did also, too, I watched the Dark Side of the Ring, the Sonny and Chris Candido uh, episode with Lulu, who was on. So I'm going to have to, when Lulu comes back at some point, we'll uh, we'll talk to her about that show. I watched it the other night, and uh, and I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was well done. And obviously, I don't, you know, Sonny. They just had some clips from it. And obviously, Chris isn't able to, you know, be a part of that. But I'd always heard really good things about him with all of that. And uh, it was, I think, it was like 42, 45 minutes, something like that. So it was uh, it was interesting. I never had really outside of the Chris Benoit one had not seen too much of that stuff. So I was able to catch it. I just paid for it. It was on Amazon prime. I just paid two ninety nine and put it up on my TV upstairs before, before I went to bed the other night and watched it. 
We'll uh, we'll do one more caller before we wrap up today, guys. Let me see here. Try to get a new caller on. Camaro, I think you've been on here. You've been waiting. I want to get Camaro Cameron on. Sorry, Cameron. Is it Camaro? I only see the first part. Cameron, we've got one question or statement or concern. Welcome to the Ryback Show. How are you? Hello, hello. The Cameron on the bottom left, the speaker, the mic, you just got to turn it from red to purple and it should let your, your, turn your mic on. We'll give him a second here. If not, we can have you back on. Wait to see. Let me go ahead. We're going to, Cameron, it's on the bottom left, but we'll try you back on the, probably on Monday if you can come back. Let me see here. Why are bring on YR here to the Ryback show? Hello, hello. How are you? Hey, Ryback. It's a pleasure to be on your show. First time on here. Um, I've been, you know, obviously watching you ever since your WWE days and everything. But um, a couple things, real quick, because I know you said you're getting in the show. Um, I have a question about how far you, uh, or rather, how long did it take when you're in NXT and then it, you transitioned, you you went into um, not NXT. I'm talking about the um, the um, Tough Enough when you're in Tough Enough, and then that time window until you went into WWE. Um, you know, raw and everything. How long was that um, for you? So that process actually got drawn out. So from tough enough, I went home and they were waiting. So I was notified by John Laurinaitis uh, shortly after the show that I was, I think even before they, when I got, after I got eliminated on tough enough, Johnny brought me into the office and and said he was going to be in touch that they, uh, they, they were going to probably offer me a contract, a developmental deal. So even though I got eliminated and was like kind of like bummed out over that, and I was 22 years old, and that all happened so fast, and and the eventually they got a contract pretty shortly thereafter. I started getting paid, the, and they and while I was at home in Vegas, and they didn't they Johnny had told me that they did not want me to go to OVW. They were going to save me to go to that. Bill Demott wanted me for the new promotion, developmental promotion, Deep South Wrestling, that was going to be in McDonough, Georgia but it wasn't right. built yet. So they paid me for months. I'm sitting at home and I told Johnny, I go, I, I actually felt really guilty. I, I didn't want, I, and I guess maybe this just kind of can show how I am. I, I called them and after I was getting paid and like, I went and I bought a new vehicle and and like, it was really cool. I was like, this is pretty sweet. Like this money's coming in every week, but I was like, I, I felt guilty. I go, is there any way I could just go train? I go, I, I kind of want to get going. And like, I knew I was going to have to move away from home and, I was, I didn't want to get too comfortable being home and I knew I had to get going and I I had to leave my dogs at the time and that I, it was really, that was, I love dogs. And I think that's why I'm so attached and how I am with them. And like, I knew I had to mentally, I got myself mentally ready where I knew that like, I wanted to just get on the road and get going and go move where I was going to move and, and, and so I can get back and move home as quickly as possible. I didn't want to waste any time. And so they actually sent me to OVW for a short period and then, and, and then came back and then back home and then moved cross country and, and drove 
uh, to McDonough, Georgia and got all set up. I was the first guy there that, that was under contract. And like, I sat there for like three months before it was even ready. Like the building wasn't even ready. And it was, it, that was kind of, so there was some wasted time in between deep South going. And we've heard stories about all that. And I was there for maybe a year. And then Stephanie McMahon and John Laurinaitis wanted me to go to OVW. I never had done or said anything. And they picked me and, and got me out of there because they wanted Johnny. They had really high expectations for me. And that was that was made very clear uh, multiple times. And that, that they were not happy with kind of the way things in Deep South, not just with me, just like I think the way things were going in general. And so they got me out of there. And I went to OVW for about a year uh, with that. And then I got randomly, I got released. On a, and it was that was I was caught completely off guard, but I understand I was very negative minded at that time. I was essentially shell shocked from Deep South Wrestling uh, with the way things kind of had went, and it was very boot camp like. And I've talked about this where I was just doing drills. I did not I did not really learn match psychology or putting together matches or working matches. It was it was a lot of really good conditioning stuff and drills. Um, but I would not take anything back because that played a huge part in. Me actually, when it finally all came together, it was it was something I was very grateful with that I got a, a, an education in a certain way that not a lot of guys maybe would have survived, which helped me tap into my intensity with things later. But so a year in Deep South, a year in OVW released, got rehired at about a year and a half later, two years back in developmental, back at FCW, there for a short period and, and called up to NXT eventually as Skip Sheffield. Um, but I, I hand like three, four years in total, but, but but broken up in those three or four years, if that makes sense with everything yeah, yeah, yeah. where it wasn't. So like, cause I wasn't, I wasn't wrestling for a period when I was out and living in OVW when I got released, I didn't want to move back to Vegas and got caught up in, in a relationship for a year and a half, raising a baby and went with another woman there and a great woman with all of that. And it was a great experience. I wouldn't take anything back, but and got caught up drinking a little bit. And I've talked about that. And then God, I found that's where I came across the book, The Secret, and got back on track, kind of like my mindset. Yeah, and uh, I remember that. Yeah, and that was where that all happened. And I wouldn't be who I am if that didn't happen. And so it's like I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the way everything worked out. Well, one more thing, and this is total opposite spectrum, but the whole drama with the psycho stalker guy. Um, I mean, look, you're you're obviously a big name, a star and everything. People know you from WWE, um, but there's other, you know, with fake news, with the um, the fake wrestling, you know, media and everything. Yeah. There's people like that on, they had their websites, but there's also people on YouTube. Um, some are cool, some are, you know, uh, full of it. They do talk about wrestling and everything. Um, it's not just, I mean, I know you know this, but there's a lot of people who aren't famous on YouTube with just a smaller um, fan base that do have those those stalkers too as well. Yeah. And it, it's a shame that YouTube can't just put that foot down on finding or not letting, I mean, they have obviously sub only mode. So you, you only have subs and your, your subs in the chat and not just random trolls. Um, but then that did, that messes up your growth in a way because you want new people yep. coming in the chat and everything. But then you also have your trolls who's just going to make up accounts. So uh, you take the good with the bad, but overall you've been positive throughout all of it. You haven't done anything stupid. And the, the headlines I've seen from some of these websites are the total opposite of the truth. The, you know, the, yeah. the sites that are, aren't fans of you 
you know, rather. And it's uh, it's pretty, pretty sad, but it's good that you're speaking up about it. And hopefully you can get more people in the business and other names to speak. Up. I mean, I hear you on Conan, a disco show. I love when you're on there. You and you and uh, you and disco, y'all mesh pretty good. You know what I mean? Being Vegas guys. And yeah, everything. I've always but, uh, have I have respect for them and they've done it. And I grew up watching them. I always uh, the thing is, I, I'm very and I, I hope I never come across in any other way. I have a great respect of the men and women who did this before me. And like, I grew up watching those guys and like, it's, they've always, and I, I will listen. I would rather, I would take feedback from them and because they've done it. And I respect that where over anybody that's never done it, you know, because they oh, know. Yeah. And so, and that's why I just think I always enjoy show Stevie Ray getting to do that. Or Rip Rogers, the guys, or, you know, other people, Francine and all the other ones. I always enjoy doing shows with former talents much more than than outside people because i just have more respect overall because they've actually done it and done it at a high level for a long period of time yeah and uh, that's the key word respect the newer generation uh they don't know what respect is no you know um obviously with all the drama with aw and punk and young bucks and all that uh you know i have a different opinion on that but you keep going brother uh you're growing on youtube by the week and Look, this drama, this Ryback drama thing, it's, uh, look, me and my, my friends online, we, uh, we got turned on to it recently. We've always been wrestling fans, but, um, you know, you're speaking your mind. You're not scared of these trolls. And at the end of the day, there's a block button, um, you know, and you're giving that guy, um, not an opportunity or a shot, but you're getting him to put his little narrative out on your show. So he should thank you. And well, it was, it was, yeah. And that, and, but that was, and that was done on purpose though giving him the platform because i knew what i was dealing with yeah, with that yeah, and that yeah. was and that's going to be used in the federal charges with record everything clips, of, of making and putting him away clips. longer so yeah record and save all the clips and everything though they have everything this is all like yeah. this has been and it, it, oh, yeah. but yeah that all that i think respect is the the big word in all of this and the, with these and all the sites and, and if they if they would just try to just the, the relationships would be so much better if that was something they could understand but I, we can't tolerate it, and we got to raise awareness, and because it's it's getting more and more and more out of control with it, and and we've seen like we're just, I'm just seeing flat out lies with things. But I have a business, and those things hurt when that because you're taking away people that used to like me that have chosen then to now hate me, and that that yeah. so that, that's where those things I go enough is enough, and I've always you got it the only way, and you try to do it, and I've I've given people a platform to come on here, and and stuff, and they they can't. They can't do it and they, they're not willing to do it and it's that's on them yeah i mean uh you, you you hit it right on the head and um at the end of the day look if anyone i don't know if you're spiritual or any of your viewers but pray for this um chase guy uh whoever you worship or whatever even if you pray he is uh part of what's wrong with this country yeah uh, you know i'll leave it at that and uh, hopefully one day you can put him in a pit of spikes legally. We're, we're not even, he's, uh, he's, I'm telling you, we're going to get him. I already, we are 1000% going to get him and he is done. So it's just a matter of, we got to let a process play out and it, it's, it's coming though. You're done brother. Thank you. And feed me more drama content and uh, your opinion. Keep it going, my brother. Thank you. Why are you have a good one? Thank you. Good deal. I want to get to a super chat here. <clears throat> I've got to do a feeding time today as well. A big, I've got a busy day today. 
the blazing kitties. Good to see you again, buddy. Hi, Ryback. You mentioned impact in AEW, but I'm curious about NWA. I don't think they get the regular, uh, regularization that they, or the recognition that they deserve. I, uh, I like you can you help them get over? Uh, yeah. And I know Tyrus over there and a few other people that are involved with them with everything. I have nothing against anyone with any of that. Uh, I, again, the, the goal is to get cleared. And I've, I've said, I've got, there's actually, I've got to get back to an email on one of the promotions that are going to be running a big show in, in LA at the Coliseum or Dodger stadium um, for a potential really, that may be a, a show that if I can, if I can get cleared and I know that I'm here in the timetable that they would need uh, to do this show. I think it's in, it's on my birthday, actually in November, it, that might not be a bad deal for me to see because that's going to be a huge event an independent event where I can actually do a thing where, you know, obviously you get your booking fee and you can do a, you do a, do a meet and greet and work out the deal on all of that. Um, but I can actually test out my merchandising, having my trademark, uh, and this is where I don't think a lot of you guys understand, like where I have the ability now on different promotions for big shows and just selecting certain big shows and go here, you guys, we can do a 50, 50 deal on merchandise for what merch are we going to make? Get it. Let's get it made. We'll do a 50, 50 split on that. And, and where I could then, I'm talking about bigger shows, like not just like any just regular indie show, but where I could actually make them a lot of money. And on not just by wrestling, not just by a meet and greet, but with merchandise, with the name that I now own, everything with all of it. This is where I was saying, and it, it's I could actually make a better living and have a happier life with I because I already got my business in my life and do what I love. Now I'm not on TV, but maybe I could do that occasionally with doing a little program here and there, and I don't have to be married to a five-year deal sitting in the bleachers. Because I don't need to do that with that. But I'm open. You got under. I just got to get cleared. And I, but I'm, I'm going to be that, that may be a great opportunity to test the waters to see, yeah, hey, can we, can we pack that stadium? They said the goal is they want to try to get 60,000. And it's going to be like, hey, we could do some major business promoting this and, and doing this and different things. Um, so we got to see. I think there's, there's going to be options on this. And I, I don't have to be, I know I've, I've done the Goldberg. I called that out and we'll see what happens if this, but we got to get chase. got to get this, make sure that this is not going to get dragged out where we just got to make sure that he's either going to be arrested or he's going to be essentially, and he's being watched and monitored, but like th there's not going to be any opportunity for air on anything. And, and then I could, we can move forward, but I got to get cleared. I'm going every day, the rehab, I'm feeling the muscle and the things that, uh, that were in, unstable are getting more and more stable. I'm able to do push-ups much more and my shoulder isn't grinding like it was because the little muscles that had atrophied are now strengthening through all this rehab and all the different things. Diamond push-ups are my best friend right now and uh, are helping my arms and the little muscle around my armpit in there that where I was very unstable, I'm getting explosive power back that I had not had in seven years. So it's happening. It's just, it's I, I'm here all the time. I'm updating. I'm very transparent on things, but um We'll see what happens. I'm not against working with anyone on this. I'm not, I don't have an ego where I go, oh, I, I just only need to be on TV. Obviously TV and, and having a brand and a business that could be very lucrative for me in, in a very, in coming back. And I don't, but I, I don't necessarily like, I, I don't, I'm not driven by being famous on anything. I just want to do what I love and have fun. And I like helping people. I like having interactions and I know I'm recognized and things, but it's not like a driving factor for me. Like I don't give a fuck really in the grand scheme. If I could earn a living and take care of my family and have fun 
Like I, you know, I'm going to be recognized anyways. I don't need to be the biggest star. Like I don't care really about, I just, I want to enjoy life with that. And I think I'm going to have a great opportunity with the things that I've learned and that I have that I put in place through all this work the last seven years. And I think it's all going to work out the way that it needs to work out with everything. So just, I, I, I want them to do well and I have nothing against anyone there. I, I want, I think it's great. And I hope they continue to get bigger and grow. And it's very possible, you know, that, that a program could be worked down there as well at some point. It's just, I've got a, there's a lot going on and every day it's morning to night with everything. And I'm, I'm juggling everything and, and it's, you know, we'll get this chase thing situated and, and handled and uh, we're going to just keep moving forward. Okay. I got to get a feeding time done here, guys, after I got to do some more work well, with everything. And uh, I appreciate all the love and support as always. We'll be back, guys, uh, on Monday for another Ryback show. I'll probably pop on Saturday or Sunday at some point for a little bit of gaming on Twitch at Ryback Rules on 2K23. Hop in, follow me on there, and uh, and I'll join one of the lobbies and, and talk a little trash to the people and see if they pick up that it's me or not. Playing is me. And uh, last week was a lot of fun and appreciate all the support over there. With everything, guys, check out Feed Me More Nutrition, feedmemore.com. We've got the discount codes for new customers and returning customers, free shaker bottles uh, with orders as well, feedmemore.com. If you could leave an iTunes review for the show on the audio, it greatly helps, guys. If you if you like this show, we're continuing to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, big shout out to Brooklyn Brawler uh, for coming on again for Brawler's Corner. Story time with the Brooklyn Brawler, my favorite part of the show now. And uh, we'll go look up that match with Brawler and HBK. And uh, let me know in the comments what you rate rate Brooklyn Brawler's storytelling this week, uh, 1 through 10, 10 being the best, 1 being the worst. And that way, Brawler, we give him some feedback on, on how much we like the stories each week uh, when, he, when he's able to come on and, and give us some of his time. So big thank you to Steve, Brooklyn Brawler, as always. And uh, guys, until next time, my friends, stay hungry. Feed me more. Hey, Rybackers, don't forget to hit that like button, smash that subscribe, and shell shock those notifications. For the best supplements on the planet with Feed Me More Nutrition and all the latest cool new Ryback merch, visit FeedMeMore.com.